10pence arcade podcast is sponsored by Retro Games Party. Get out of emulation and into the arcade with Retro Games Party. Arcade game hire for public events and private parties. With three regular community-led meetings throughout the year, there ain't no party like a Retro Games Party. Visit their website at www.retrogamesparty.co.uk and get involved. The 10 Pence Arcade Podcast is a proud member of the Retro Junkies Network and Throwback Network. Hello and welcome to the 10 Pence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland, a.k.a. Vertvig. And I'm Sean Holly, aka In Your Face, Sean Holly. That's the one. Yes, Do you want to tell the uh, maybe the new listeners what we're about, Sean? Yes. Right. We are a light-hearted bi-weekly podcast covering all things video arcade game related. The main feature of the podcast is an in-depth review of a single game from the past with a friendly high score competition between the two hosts. Mm. Yeah, quite friendly. Bit of trolling on the uh, mm-hmm. messages. Yeah. In other sections, we discuss the gameplay, graphics, music, machine artwork, restoration, history, and legacy of these beautiful games. We also take a look at current news in the scene, get involved with the community, respond to listeners' feedback, and touch on console, computer, and pinball games. Special features can include field reports, manufacturer specials, and interviews with collectors and people who obviously know a lot more than us. And that's it in a nutshell. You do that really well, mate. It's like you were reading it. Uh, well, yeah, it's just off the top of my head, that. Brilliant. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> uh, we've got a note under here. Pete pointed out that podcast download file 28 was called podcast29.mp3. That was my fault. I would be taken out in the street and shot tomorrow morning. Yes. With a squirt well, gun, obviously. Yeah, a Nerf gun. Yeah, yes. like, yeah, Nerf gun. Ow! <laughs> Okay, let's do what we've been up to since the last podcast. Last off. What have you been up to, Vic? Looks like quite a lot from these notes. Oh, God, we've got a lot to get through. Um, I've been playing the silly game Block Hole. Yes. Uh, and as well as trying to... I've been going back to Eyes. You got me with that one. We're trying to crack a quarter of a million on it. I got very close, but haven't managed to do it yet. Oh, you've not done that yet? No. Oh. Oh, leave me alone. I'm not that good at it. It's, it's one of those games I don't care. It's just fun. Yeah. I really like that game. A game called Food Fight we did a little while ago on, on the art of, art, art of art of side art. Yes. Uh, a game called Food Fight. And one of the guys, uh, I'm not sure which one, I think it was uh, Whitney from the Broken Token podcast, has got an, uh, a Food Fight machine, lucky him. And the thing on those on that game is it uses um, an analog joystick. And if you don't use an analog joystick with it, it just doesn't play as well. And these analog joysticks get very, very worn. There's these parts on there called a gimbal. Yes. And I made some for a friend of mine, Sean, who had a food fight years ago. And I had, I had some left over because whenever I make bits on my machines at work, I always make a few extras because it doesn't take very long to make an extra to run a few more off. And I kept them. I said, they were talking about these gimbals and, you know, how they wore out and stuff. I said, oh, I made some of them a while back. Do you want some? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I can have some. So I sent those off. Um, to to Whitney from the Broken Token podcast. Hopefully, we'll get them soon. Gimbals are like Fraggles from Fraggle Rock, yeah. A little bit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fluffy gimbals. Oh, another thing. I had to format my flipping PC as well and reinstall Windows Seven. 
Oh, oh, dear. oh yeah. God, I got some really annoying uh, virus or malware on there. And every time I went on websites, I kept having pop-ups, which I never have. Yeah. And whatever I did to try and get rid of these things, I used um, malware bytes. I used some of the programs to get rid of it. My actual virus killer didn't even spot it anyway. I even went into the registry to try and move stuff. Nothing would do it. So I had to basically just had to reinstall everything to wipe the hard drive and reinstall it. It's such a pain in the backside having to do that. I hate doing it. Yeah. And tonight I put um, iTunes back on because I needed to sort my iPod out for work. God, doesn't isn't iTunes awful? I absolutely hate it. I've never been friendly with iTunes, and it just gets worse. Every time they update it, they move stuff around. It's like, where's that gone? How did I do that? Yeah, I don't use it. Apple, why? No. Why Apple? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, these companies that make these uh, virus things and, and adware and all this, they need to be prosecuted, I think. Or taken out in the street and shot with Nerf guns. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know why they do it. It's, there's no... I don't know if it's just bragging rights of the mates or what, but it's it's just um, yeah. criminal, really. Well, a lot of it is to do with ads and stuff. They're trying to make you to buy stuff. I mean, when something mm. comes on, on my screen and pops up when I'm trying to look at something and gets in the way, I'm certainly not going to be buying from them. I'll just curse at them and turn them off. Yeah. Oh, it's annoying. Anyway, get back to the good stuff. I got sent a thing called a dub smash. you heard of a dub smash before? All the kids are playing with? I haven't until this week. <laughs> well, I think it's what it is, is you video yourself miming along to uh, tunes and you put different bits together, make a silly video for yourself up. And I got sent one from some guy called Alex. Yeah. We remember him? Yeah, we know him. Yeah. He's a dumbass, but he's a funny one. So I've put that on the I've put it on the podcast show notes for everyone to see. Seeing as he sent it to me, I'm going to embarrass him with it. It's very funny. Have I've a look, watched everyone. it. Have a yeah, look. I've watched it twice. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's pretty good, isn't <laughs> it? Yeah. Uh, talking of Alex, I went to see uh, Alex's new mate Harry, the young guy you mentioned last time we talked to him. Yeah. Uh, he lives in Teddington, quite close to us, and I checked out his garage arcade. It was really good. Um, you can hardly move in there. He's got so many machines in there, big ones as well. Uh, he's got three pinballs. He's got a couple of shooting games. You know how big they are. Yeah. He's got a star blade in the corner. You know how big they are. They're massive, huge things. He's got a crazy taxi. And he's got a granny in the gators, half pin, half video machine. Quite a rare machine. Yeah. And we had a whale of a time on that. I mean, granny in the gators, he did really well. At it. He did it up to level two. He's never done before. And he's getting quite excited. We were videoing him playing it. Um, really good little game. It's a, it's a game. It sort of reminds me of um, Swimmer. Remember we did Swimmer in one of the early episodes of the podcast? We reviewed yeah. it, me and Alex yeah. did. It's a bit like that on the top screen. And then you, you paddle in this little boat and you whack the bit different buttons um, alternately to, to make the, the granny, who's in the boat, um, paddle the boat, which is yeah. a weird concept in, in its own right. And then you, you can like hit alligators on the nose with your paddles. But you, saw, you can also pick up bullets to shoot them. And you get these little native guys like throwing spears at you and stuff. Yeah, really politically correct in 1983. Yeah. Um, and then you can go in these little areas that says like, like pin and you go in the, in the pin side and then it transformed onto the little pinball. It's like a half size pinball underneath the monitor and you play pinball. When you get it in a certain shot, it gives you like um, a special power up. So when you go back, when you let the ball drain, you go back to the video game on the top screen. You can then use this power up. It makes you invincible so you can shoot through the levels. It's a right. really odd little game, but it's, it's sort of in the same vein as um, as Baby Pac-Man. You've got the little Pac-Man yeah. screen on the top, and then you've got the pinball. But it's a lot of fun. Really odd little game. Really, really rare. There's only, I think, 800 made. And, right. and Harry imported it from America, and it, it's, it's really nice. It's really nice condition as well. Really, really good. 
and he had a uh, Family Guy pinball, which was brilliant. It was a lot of yeah. fun. That I mean, and he had uh, pinball uh, Simpsons pinball party. And his yeah. his newest addition was uh, a Jurassic Park Data East pinball, which is a crazy pinball. It's really really fast. He was playing that, and um, he was showing me how to do a few things. Cause it's so complicated when you get into the game. It's like you do different shots and you set certain modes up and it changes things and you lock this and you light this up and it was way beyond me. But he was sort of showing <laughs> me what to do. I was trying to roughly do it. And it's a bit where you, you, you launch the ball onto a certain area and, and a magnet holds it underneath. And this the toy of a big uh, T-Rex comes down and he eats your ball and nom, 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 eats your ball up. Yeah. It starts <laughs> off this, well, in a certain mode, it sets off a, a multi-ball where you get three balls flying around the screen, around the screen, around the play field. And then if you get a, a certain shot again, you get a six-ball madness multi-ball, and there's six balls flying around the place. Yeah. It's really fun. Really loud is when you hear these dinosaurs roaring and all this sort of stuff. It was a lot of fun, that one. But to me, the Stern ones I really, really liked, because I was just looking at the playfields on the Stern stuff. They're so well detailed. There's so much stuff and detail, and just everything is just immaculate. And one of the things I liked on... um the, the Family Guy. I'm a really massive fan of Family Guy anyway. Yeah. And there's a bit on, on the top right-hand corner of the screen. There's a little tiny pinball, only about a foot long. And it's called Stewie Pinball, you know, the, the baby off of Family Guy. Yeah. <laughs> and when you get a certain mode, you can play Stewie Pinball. And there's these tiny little sort of one-inch flippers. And you play this tiny little ball up there and you try and keep it ahead. And it's it's really, really a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Mm. Yeah, it was really good. I had to go in the Starblade. My first ever go in a Starblade. It's like a sort of um, on-rail shooter, sort of a little bit like Star Wars, if you know what I mean. But it's got yeah. all these sort of filled-in polygons. It was one of the first games with polygon technology. And the monitor is actually above your head. It's like a 19, 20-inch monitor above your head. But it reflects on a massive lens in front of you. So you, your screen looks about three foot tall. It's really, really big. And the sounds come through. The, there's a shaker motor in your seat and all this sort of stuff. It's more like a ride than anything else. I really enjoyed playing that one. Difficult, though. I wasn't very good at it. Are you on like a motorbike on that? Is that the one? No, no, you're in space. You're um, you're in space. Uh, you're like a. It's sort of like a, a scaled down version of Galaxian Three, another theatre version. Yeah. You, you've got like a shooting gun in front of you. Like you, you shoot the gun with sort of sights, a little bit like Star Wars. Yeah. And you sh- things shoot at you. You can shoot their bullets, aka a- like Star Wars. And you can shoot stuff like that. And you sort of, it's on rails. So you sort of um, you're flying through like debris and across spaceships and stuff. It's all in space. Right. Yeah, it's a nice little game, but a little game, he says. It is absolutely huge. It takes the space of about five cabs. It's really mm. deep and quite big as well. It's all immersive around you and all sort of speakers all around your seat and everything. Mm, I don't remember. I think I remember seeing it, but I don't ever remember playing it. Yeah, it's it's big. You won't see it many places because it is massive. It really yeah. is huge. But he got it in there. I don't think it's ever coming out either. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to sort of crawl around the machines because they're so big and there's not a lot of room in there. But it was really well laid out and everything was working perfectly as well. I think one of them wasn't on for some reason. I can't remember. But he's getting rid of one suit or he's getting rid of one or two to get something else in. I can't remember what it is. I think he's got a baby Pac-Man coming. Ooh, yeah. But we videoed him playing Granny and the Gators because he was getting quite excited. He said, oh, video, video, I'm getting to the second level. So we videoed him and put it up on YouTube and I've put that in the show notes as well. So people can yeah. look at it. Because there's not a lot of gameplay videos of it because it's quite a rare cab. Especially in the UK. I don't think there's any in the UK apart from that one. Right. Another bad news. Been back to work as well the past few weeks. Ugh. What yeah, me too. Me too. But I've been out using my machines at work to make arcade parts, which is quite fun. 
Ah, I've also put out a few little feelers, my salad fingers feelers, for a new cab for the future. Another black and white one. I won't say what it is yet, because it's nothing's in concrete. But I will be after a black and white cab again, because I like working on this uh, one I've got. Right. An airplane one that you were thinking of? Possibly. Maybe yeah. tanks. I don't know yet. Depends what's Ooh. on offer at the time, but yeah, we'll see. Tank, yeah. Yeah, I like tanks. Uh, I've been playing a couple of games on the PS3 as well. I mean, they're all retro-themed ones, obviously. I don't play none of this shooty warfare assassins thief <laughs> thing, whatever they're Call called. Call of Duty Halo, Halo. Yeah. yeah, Call of Halo thing. I don't do any of that rubbish. <laughs> yeah, I've been playing uh, DuckTales. Woohoo! Whenever you say DuckTales, you can't say it without saying woohoo at the end of it because of the theme tune. When I first yeah, mentioned yeah. it to the wife, she said a woohoo after the after the DuckTales bit as well. I don't remember that. Ah, you're too old, mate. So am I. <laughs> but that game was free on PSN Plus, which you pay a little uh, subscription every month for. And it is, yep. you can, it's free as long as you stay subscribed to it. Uh, I've been playing Little Big Planet 2, just because I like Sackboy and I like being told what to do by Stephen Fry. Yeah, they're good, them games, aren't they? A lot of fun, yeah. And I play M- with the wife s- as well, and that's a lot of fun when you play together. My son and I um, play both of them, one and two, and there's a lot of little mini-games that the community have done. I don't know if they're still on. I don't know if they're still on the uh, servers or whatever. I haven't tried the online bit yet, but I think people can make their own games and upload them, and everyone can play them online. Yeah, there's some really good ones, actually, from yeah, what I remember. Yeah, when I get into the game a little bit more, I'm have to, to dis- um, have a look at some of those, because they've done like retro-themed games with new graphics and, and such. Sounds yeah. really interesting, actually. I like that. Uh, I've also found an old game I had on the PC, uh, but it's changed its name slightly. It's called Riff Everyday Shooter. Yeah. Yeah, really, really good. It's a twin stick shooter, rather like Geometry Wars. Yep. But it's, it's much simpler graphics. I think you play a block, and there's these other blocks, and it, the game's a bit weird. It's sort of, as you shoot things, you've got to do these chains so you get more score. And um, when you do certain parts and you shoot certain things, it makes the sound. Yeah. So you make your own music while you're playing it. So if you, as you hit certain things, certain chords come out, and the music's never the same twice, depending on what you're shooting. Right. It's really clever. And this was this was made by one person, which I really really like the effect. It's like a bedroom coder, but in you know in modern day. Yeah. And it's a really nice game. You can get it on PC on Steam. And also on um, the PlayStation Network thing, whatever it is. It was very right. cheap, about £4. It wasn't very lo- a lot of money at all. Really mm-hmm. worthwhile having that. Uh, we have a Death Race update. Da-da-da-da-da-da! <laughs> yeah. I got all of it together on this um, two six-foot tables I've got in front of me here, because I needed a lot of room to strewn all the wires and such. And uh, got the monitor back together as well, and I thought it wasn't going to work, because underneath the monitor, there was an actual broken part called a width coil. And it was actually snapped in half, this piece. I thought, oh my god, that's curtains. I'm never going to be, be, you know, be able to replace that. That's broken. Yeah. I might as well throw it away. So I gave, I sent a message in a picture to Martin, Martin, who helped me out before with the black and white stuff. Yeah. He said, no, no, it'll be all right. Don't worry. As long as the coil isn't touching anything, metal, you'll be fine. I was like, really? Okay. What, what's the worst thing that can happen? Well, I could burn the house down. But I put it all together. I put the, the, um, the print circuit board on there, which is huge in itself. Made sure I took ages wiring it to the power supply. So I want to make sure there wasn't any rogue voltages going in the wrong place because that would kill the board and that would be just, you know, game over. So I was really careful with it, do all the wires properly, got everything set, set, double-checked, triple-checked. Yeah. And I thought, right, I'll put it on with the monitor as well. I've got all the monitor wires in the right place of what I thought was. 
turned it on, waited there with bated breath and a fire extinguisher by the side of me. <laughs> Seriously, I had a fire extinguisher with me. And turned it on, waited a few seconds for the monitor to warm up. Bing. Works. And I even oh, wired the speakers up and I heard the rumbling of the cars. And when you first turn it on, it makes a little squeal so you know the board comes on. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, it works. Now, I haven't tested um, the pedals, the shifters or the steering wheels yet because I haven't got them all wired up. I think that will yeah. probably be one of the last things I do when I get the cab all together. I'll put them all together because you have to have in situ, really. I mean, everything to be, to be mounted to the control panel and the foot pedals and everything. It's all sort of hardware related. And I've got to make sure they're all painted and cleaned and oiled and all working properly. Yeah. I've also, at work in my, in my spare time, I've been refurbishing the gear shifters because when I got it, these things have been worn out. I mean, there was like a, a little cotter pin through one of the gear shifters, which is a metal shifter to hold it in place so it moves up and down. But yeah. the hole that the pin goes through to hold it into was so worn, the actual pin measures 4.8 millimetres, right? And yeah. the actual hole was so sloppy, it was over 6 million diameter. So it's like a miller side slop in it. So it was going all over the place, and it just, when you push the, the gear shift up, it just flopped down on its own. There was no spring holding it or anything. There was no resistance. And inside, where you, you hit it up and down, is these little sort of rubber bumpers, if you think like stoppers on a pair of old roller skates, smaller ones those, to stop it hitting against metal to metal. Yeah. And they were all worn, so I had to turn those around. And what I did at work is I made, because the slot inside it was also very, very worn, where it had been metal to metal, it had been you know, wearing itself away over the years. Yeah. And um, so I cleaned it all up, because it had quite a lot of rust, and I cleaned it with a wire brush, and I'm going to paint it. And I made some aluminium um, sort of, uh, plates to go over it with the same size slot, so it's renewed the snot, the slot basically. Yeah. And also, I put a thing in the side with a thing called a detente. I don't know how to pronounce it. Detente, detent. Basically, uh, a little ball bearing with a spring behind it. So as you you push the gear up and down, the spring provides a little bit of pressure, so it makes mm-hmm. it springy and it's as solid as a rock. Now it actually feels like um, like an American car, an old-fashioned American car when you put the handbrake on with a sort of um, the column shifter. Yeah. It's like yeah. that. And it, it feels brand new now. I'm really, really pleased with that. Cause that was one of the things that was really bothering me. I thought you can't leave it like this. It's just so sloppy and it just feels broken and worn out, you know? Mm. So that is absolutely perfect now. Um, I'm moving on to the steering wheels. I've made some centers for that and I'm going to stick a, there's going to be this, um, like 3d skull being stuck on the center of it. Yes, I've seen that, yeah. Yes. You're one of the few privileged people who have seen it because <laughs> I've been on purpose not putting any pictures on any of the forums. I want to leave yes. it until the very end and people keep going, why haven't you put pictures on? Because I can. <laughs> you need to do a restoration thing. You're going to get lynched, you know, at the next meeting. I have Where taken, are these photos? I have taken lots of pictures, to be honest with you. And oh, you're going to put them all yeah, on? Yeah, it will be a showcase when I eventually get around to doing it. But I thought, I want to get it all sorted and then do a big reveal, you know, at the end of it. Um, right, but this weekend I haven't been able to do it actually because I've had boring DIY at work at home to do. Oh dear, Ugh, yeah. But we have got a door on the podcast studio now, which is nice. So <laughs> wife, wife can move around good. without making a noise. It's brilliant. <laughs> I reckon just to get it um, working perfectly, she put a couple of them, uh, fr- uh, not fraggles. You put a couple of gimbals on it, Vic. Gimbals on on your steering column. Put a couple of gimbals on just to be sure. Maybe. I know yeah. what I'm going to do. I'm putting some of those, you know, those little rubber luminous skeletons you used to get as a kid. Skeletons, yeah. They're going on the side of the machine. I'm going to oh, look after it. Absolutely. <laughs> Tell me about the Batcave. Right, yes. Uh, this is uh, the 10th of January. It's the first Batcave of the year. It was the busiest one so far. 
every month it seems to be getting busier and busier, so it's a really good atmosphere. It's taken off, hasn't it? It has, yeah. But actually getting to the point now, there's like vendors that go in, if you know what oh, I mean. Oh, really? Wow. The, 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 the two artists, Taffy Chan and Cyber Saberpunk, that I've mentioned before, they were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jake Smith, he's, he had these original Game Boys, uh, he's modding them, putting a backlight on the display. Yeah, they're nice. Seen and putting lighty-up buttons. Lighty-up buttons. Lighty-up buttons? Lighty-up buttons. That's yeah, witchcraft, so, is that? I know. So that you kind of get in a bit more of a kind of a, a mini sort of event vibe to it, really. Yeah, it um, sounds like it. Yeah, there were some Satins mm-hmm. um, playing Dodon Patchy, which I uh, thought was awesome. Yep, yep. With, with a side-on telly, not a normal telly, a side-on telly, a big CRT on its side. Oh, so right, you, cool. So you got the full vertical effect of Dodon Patchy and Gumbird as well, which is very good. Yeah, those games yep. um, on the console. I like the fact that those old console games gave you the option to switch it round to vertical. Yeah, there's a couple of games on the Dreamcast did that as well, which is brilliant because how it should be played on the proper orientated monitor. It's a real bugbear of mine. Is some some arcade machines like people do main machines or playing on a PC, and you've got these big sides, you've got these big columns down the side, and it just doesn't look right. You need to put your telly on the side. Yeah, that's that's very good. That was. Um, there's also, they had the normal Smash Brothers on something, it might have been GameCube this time, mm-hmm. uh, Halo, mini Halo tournament, my main setup with a few brawlers on it, Spider-Man, uh, Punisher, Dungeons oh, yeah. and Dragons, Final Fight, uh, Samba de Amigo made a comeback, you know, with the maracas, oh, the maracas. That, yeah, the that you shake in, in the rhythm of the music, It's I, um, it looks mental when you're playing it, but it's a lot of fun. I've never played that, but it really appeals to me. <laughs> it does look good. I liked um, Donkey Konga on the bongos, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And this looks pretty good, because you've got, you got to sort of, um, you've got to shake the maracas in certain positions, like you shake them up high and shake them down low, and it, it knows where they are when you're playing the game. Yeah, there's a little I sensor by your feet. Like yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, so there was other stuff, Micro Machines and Mega Drive. and um, Oh, Injustice Gods Among Us, that was the modern uh, game that was there. That was, a to- that was a tournament on a massive sort of screen. Um, I can't play them things. No. I'll tell but you what, good- though, it sounds good because there's a bit of, e- bit of everything for everyone. Mm. Uh, when I go to one of the events next, maybe it be Nerg or whatever, I'll, hopefully they'll have one on then. I'll, we'll, do, we'll do the rounds. We'll do the Nerg in a day and maybe... Uh, arcade club and, and the back cave in the evening that'd be brilliant i'd, yeah. I'd really look forward to that one so of the games cool. that um i enjoyed on the neo geo was called miracle adventure oh it's called heard of it. spin master i think in um oh yeah yeah in the mean. west it's like yeah. the yo- is that the yo-yo-y one with the uh, it's like a game of um volleyball but with frisbees uh, well it's a run and gun kind of thing Oh, okay. I'm thinking of it, another game, I think. Yeah, it's like very polished, like platform run and gun. Yeah. Where you're in boats, you're in vehicles. It's very good. Cool. I think that could be, if we have a if we have a space in the podcast schedule, that could be a game that we feature. What do you reckon? Yeah, why not? A Neo Geo run. There's another one as well called Top Hunter, which I quite fancy having a look at. Yeah, that is a good game. I played that. that the thing with Neo Geo stuff, I know a lot of people, a lot of our listeners actually, are really into collecting Neo Geo carts because there's so many to collect and you can get the boxes and, and the artwork and the whole, you know, the whole caboodle all together. Yeah. Some people just collect carts only, and there's a lot of them. So it's a, it's a nice collecting thing to do. But a lot of the games are very similar. You've got, like, um, you've got the, the fighting games, and there's loads of fighting games on, on the Geo, and there's loads of sports games as well. And those sort of things, they're okay, but they're a bit samey to me. But there are some real gems. You know, there's mm. some, some of the space shooters are really, really good. Yeah. 
they're some of these run and guns, you know, there's a, the Metal Slug series, which is, they're a bit samey, but they're brilliant. They're really well, well done games. They're really clever, good music, excellent, you know, graphics. Those are silly little funny bits going on. Yeah. Really, really nice games. It's no, no surprise they were so expensive back then compared to mm. other games at the same time. They, they just seemed a higher quality, you know? Yeah, they were the actual arcade games, weren't they? Yeah, they really were. The arcade games that you could play at home. But no one could. Did you know anyone who had a, a Neo Geo AES? Uh, nobody at all, I'm afraid. Local millionaires, kids up the road, maybe? Yeah, nobody, no. Well, those things were about £600 back then. Yeah. I mean, that, no, no. You could buy a house for that back then, nearly. <laughs> yeah. And the games are £150 as well. Well, they? some of them nowadays are £1,000, so the really collectible ones, the ones that, you know, are hard to find. Yeah. Oh, they mm. cost a fortune. Mm. There's another quite exciting news here. Tell me what happened yesterday. Yesterday, 17th, yeah. Right, BBC TV programme Collectaholics. Mm-hmm. We're doing a show on arcade game collectors for their, new, for their new series. I think it'll be on in March time, February, March. Mm-hmm. So they were filming Arcade Club at the New Frontier venue in Haslingdon. Yep, we so I went along trying to get on telly with me 10 pence T-shirt on. Well done, that man. Jumping in front of the camera, you know. You're doing um, um, camera bombs. <laughs> yeah. They filmed us, um, you know, they filmed us all trying to look cool and play the games and that. I, I, um, I wasn't interviewed, but I was filmed a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I was playing Sega Rally, doing really bad it and thinking, God, I'm glad they're not filming this. I'm crashing all over the place. Turned around, they're filming me. Oops. So that's what's going to be on, isn't it? Me crashing on Sega Rally. Yeah, this 10 pence guy's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd be exactly someone rubbish at that game. But um, yeah, it was a good ga- a good day of gaming as well. Quite a few people turned up, so that's what I really enjoyed getting in that in that venue again with the hundreds of games and oh, oh yes, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah but it was. Um, also, um, I've watched a new documentary called World One One, which has only just come out. Mm-hmm. Um, if we put a link where you can get it from, so um, it, it's about the early history of Atari. I know that's been done before. Yeah. Um, but this really goes into detail about Nolan Bushnell and, and Ralph Bayer and all the things that happened. And there's a lot of details, a lot of interesting little stories, and it's really well done. It's a two-hour job. Yeah. Uh, I just I put it on the computer just to have a quick look, see if I downloaded it correctly. I ended up watching the whole thing. I didn't move for two hours. Yeah. So the, it's it's really good. I recommend it. The old um, the history of Atari fascinates me. I've read loads of books on it, and it it just it's beyond me how that company ever did anything. Yeah. But I think it was those magical 70s years, which was obviously the 70s and very early 80s when Atari really shone. And they brought yeah. some amazing games out. And obviously brought out the 2600 and all that sort of stuff. It just started a massive landslide of games. And obviously, when, I think when Warner took over, it's sort of the slippery slope downhill and it's, it's a shadow of its former self now. But those early days... Amazing fun. I mean, wouldn't you have loved to work in Atari in the late seventies? Oh yeah, they had people just turning up, didn't they? Steve Jobs just turned up, and yeah. he, want, he wanted a job. He wasn't an engineer, so he brought along Steve wasn't he act to do all the hard work. Yeah, well, he, he had all the he had all the um, good ideas. Yeah, <laughs> I think it goes up to about eighty three, where the first uh, video game crash happens, and then it stops. So that, I think there's going to be, if they can get funding, it sounds like there's going to be a series of these documentaries oh, kind of thing. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I have to look at that. That's really good. Mm. Okay, uh, arcade news from around the world and local areas. 
Yes, we have quite a lot of it uh, this week. Oh, we've got a lot to get through this week, listeners. We have. Um, one that interests me is a scratch build of a Robotron cab. Russ Jay's doing it on Jammer Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can put a link to that. it's He's building it from scratch, and uh, the, the care and detail he's taking on it is brilliant. And it's just um, a bit by bit how he's, how he's um, building it up. Yeah, um, I love scratch builds myself. I've done a few myself. Um, and obviously, when you put it on the forums, you, you tell everyone what you've done and you show details and everyone's like, oh, I did, how did you do that? And they try and do it. And for the people who are new to arcade collecting or they can't afford to buy a cab or they haven't got room for it, they should keep an eye on this because it gives you a load of hints how to do things, especially if you're not very yeah. good at woodwork and metalwork and electronics. I think anyone with an ounce of common sense, that's us out, yeah. do one of these. Honestly, yeah. and these guys who do it do a really good job, and you should keep an eye on it. And this one he's doing is top-notch quality so far. And I'm an engineer, and I'm saying it's really, really good. It's yeah, really this, nice. Yeah, this is a thread with um, photos on it. Mm. You know, photos. What what you, what you could put on for your death race on on your thread that's going no, on. Never heard of them. <laughs> I might put some semaphore up there. What I'm doing. Yeah, I do do a good descriptive job in my text, and then everyone just goes, "Where's the pictures?" (laughs) (laughs) Right, uh, a new Stern pinball WWE WrestleMania is now out. Um, There's an interview I found where they talk about the slight technological uh, tweaks and advances they're making to make these games the parts of them more modular, so they can be replaced and they're easier to repair. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's an interesting interview with one of the main Stern guys. Are you ready to rumble? No, I'm not. Why? Neither am I, because that's what they no. used to say in wrestling, didn't they? Oh, I don't know. Oh, wrestling was more my brother's era. It was like 10 years yeah. late for me. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's, there's a really good... Um, the last uh, Broken Token pod, uh, podcast, they did an interview with the designer of that, a guy called John Trudeau. And they yeah. were talking about some of the different things they were doing on it, and it sounds really clever. I mean, some of the, when I was looking at the pinballs at Harry's, uh, it is, it's called Bolt's Jazzcade, because his last name's Bolt. Yeah. Bolt's right. Jazzcade, because he's a jazz pianist, this guy. Um, and he was, I was, he was showing me some of the rules and how to play pinball. And it's really, really involved. And some of those pinballs, just amazing. The amount of detail I got on them, it's just beautiful. I was, mm. I wasn't even playing some of the games for a while. I was just looking at things, just like looking at all the different parts and the depth of it and the graphics and the toys. And oh, there's just so much going on. It must take forever to try to design one of those things. And then, when you see how the ball moves and it knows it goes exact places and it knows you know it fires at you in certain areas where you've got to do a skill shot or whatever, really really clever pinpoint accuracy. Some of these things, really clever. yeah. I've played quite a few of them at the um, arcade club now. I haven't played them for years before this, so in the last couple of months I've played quite a lot of pinball and yeah, you realise the workmanship that goes into them and mm-hmm. where the ball. It's very easy for the ball to go straight down the middle unless you've got the table right. Yeah. You've got to get a, you've got to have a fair game. If if people think it's unfair, they're not going to play it. So I think there's a lot goes into making it just the right difficulty. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think on this um cuz on when John Trudeau was talking, they were saying which wrestlers are going to be um uh featured on there cuz I think when you play the game, you can choose a wrestler by turning a certain shot and they're putting yeah. on the Hulk Hogan's and um the Ultimate Warrior and that. I was just wondering if they put any any UK wrestlers on there, like um, 
Big Daddy and giant haystacks, maybe. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, the difference between our our wrestlers of the seventies and the eighties and the American wrestlers that they did they did like weights and stuff, and we just ate pies and chips. Didn't <laughs> yeah, we? we just a couple of big lads kicking each other in a ring yeah. and laying on each other. Yeah, but I used to love wrestling in the seventies, the late seventies. I thought it was hilarious. I loved it. <laughs> I did watch some of the English stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's right, been some... a new uh, Mario Brothers world record. Interests me because I'm hopefully, well, when I get round to it, doing the cocktail cabinet of Mario Brothers. Yeah. Uh, this guy has got, now get this, 5,424,920 points. Uh, yes. Shattering the previous one of 4,678,440. How no. long did he play that game for to get that score? That's his own score he's beat. It's called Stephen Kleezath, Kleezath something like that. Okay. Yeah, so wow. he's doing it very well. Well done him for twin guys. Actually, sorry, no, he's not He's not beating his own score. He's beating Tom Votava in 2009, got the previous score. He didn't just beat it, he hit it with the chair. Yeah, slaughtered it, mm. yeah. Um, Heart of Gaming, Hog, they've had it, they're having a rejig around, they're putting photos on Facebook, yep. uh, knocking walls down, changing around the consoles and the candy setups. Yeah, um, I need to go there again, I haven't been there for a while now. I know Mark, the, the owner of the Hog. Uh, and every time I went there, they'd change a few things around, but I didn't know they were moving walls and such. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, they're knocking a hole in the wall. Last time I saw the uh, Facebook post. The actual mm-hmm. um, the actual site of the hog is huge as well. It's on an industrial estate, so they've got a lot of room there. And, yeah, that's going to be massive. I did see some of the pictures on the Facebook. It looks like they've got some woodies in there now, some wooden cabs in there now, which interests me. Yeah, they've got a, a noticed a Donkey Kong running on a candy in the background. Is that just some kind of... Yeah, it's a 60 in one, I think. That's the one I used to uh, play when uh, I went there, and I beat yeah. um, Mark's score. He didn't like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's another good one, actually. Uh, Chris Federico, who's wrote to us before, uh, he's called Chris Plus Plus on Atari Age forums. He's yeah. re- wrote and released a book, an ebook. It's yes. called The Classic Gaming Bookcast. And get this, it's 99 cents to buy it. Mm, it's not Why bad. wouldn't you buy it for 99 cents? That's about mm-hmm. 50p in English money. Uh, he released it at this price to get it over to fellow gamers rather than make a ton of cash. He's certainly not going to make a ton of cash at 99 cents each. <laughs> so well done him. Um, you can get it on Smashwords, a company called Smashwords. Uh, and one purchase allows access to all formats. You can read it on all sorts of devices, your phone, your Kindle, your iPads, whatever your computer. And I'm, I'm actually reading it on my phone via the Kindle app. Uh, I've yeah. only got into a little part of it so far, but it's quite funny. It's well, well written and quite amusing. Uh, and it's got arcade and loads of old console stuff in there as well, which is brilliant. That's all I want. Mm, I've downloaded it. I've not, I've not started reading it yet, but I will do. It's my bedtime read. That is. You can get it on. Uh, you can get it on Barnes and Noble, Scribed, iTunes, in the iBook section, uh, and soon to be available on Kobo and Oyster. Mm, oysters. Uh, yeah, I thought that was that funny card you use in London to get through the trains. That's not them small fishy things. Yeah, but you can't read it on a fishy thing, I don't think. And you won't get many words on one of them. It'd stink as well. Yeah, if you just wrote a little, like maybe a paragraph on, on the back of one in a black marker. Geez, see what I have to put up with, with these pair of twigs. Anyway, it's a really, it's a really good book so far, and I love it. So everyone should go there. I'll put links in the show notes where to get it from, all the different places. 99 cents for a good read. What more could you want? Mm, awesome. Some more news. Uh, a life-size Pac-Man show. Uh, 
uh, sorry, a life-size Pac-Man maze shows up in uh, Los Angeles for a Bud Light Super, Bur- Super Bowl commercial. Oh, right. So there's a massive, uh, they're probably filming some stupid thing, you know, uh, in between the Super Bowl. Yeah. But wouldn't it be great fun to gate crash that maze and run around? Wouldn't it be good? I'm sure someone's going to do it. They're yeah, they're going to do it, aren't they? Yeah. Um, also, we have Retro Collect that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, their video game market two in Leeds that they're running. Yeah, this is like a big, massive place where you can buy loads of old console stuff. Yeah, I, I, I heard it was really good last year. I didn't go. I might go this year just for a look. Um, I think you should, and I'll give you a shopping list. Yeah, you know what I'm like with collecting. I just can't stop myself. I might actually get like a pen or something, or, or a coast. pad, a pad, a Space Invaders pad, something like that. You know, oh, go easy yeah. now. Yeah, I know. And this is a good one. Um, a survivor from the Golden Age, Star Worlds Arcade in Illinois, celebrates 30 years in the business. Just gone. Well and, done, it's, and it still has classic arcade games. So it survived all that length of time. I know it has to the rest of them, the redemptions and the coin pushes, and I would imagine. Mm. But it's still got the classic games in, so well done to them. Star Worlds Arcade, Illinois. You know what they're going to get? They're going to get an arcade ping. Well done. <laughs> That's a new thing. Yeah, arcade, arcade ping, ping if you're good. I like that. Anyway, if I ever go to Illinois, I'm definitely going there. Mm. Right, a bit of... Sad news, really. Now, oh god, yeah, I'm yeah, really South upset about Coast this. Slam, yeah, South Coast Slam is not going to happen this year. No, that's uh, not very far from me, uh, near Eastbourne, uh, and it's uh, usually a pinball event. But there's loads and loads of video games as well, and it's it's a yeah. place where people like me who can't afford or house the big pinballs can go and play loads and loads of pinballs. I mean, there's loads in there; they're all free play, and you play loads of video games. We always have a beer together, all all us like meet up. It's a really nice event, and it's not going on this year. Mm. It's a real bummer, that is. And bummer number two, Revival, another one down south, usually in the Midlands, isn't going ahead either. Yeah, um, Chris Wilkins has left. He's doing his publishing career. Yes. There's a load of books out, isn't there, lately? Hundreds of Amiga books, Spectrum books, arcade mm. books, which is good news. Yeah, but Christmas uh, is just gone. What am I going to get for Christmas? Yeah. Probably about 30 books this Christmas you'd be able to get coming so, up. Yeah. Nearly Christmas. It's only 342 shopping days. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Craig Turner, the other the other half of it, is taking over. He's from Turn Arcades. Mm-hmm. Um, he's recently promised that something will be happening this year. I don't oh, know if good. it's going to be a revival mini or maybe a full-blown event. But it's only the last couple of days he's saying, look, we're going to do something. But, you know, bear with me kind of thing. We will keep our eye on that. I've been yeah. to one of the revival minis before, and that was a lot of fun. It was just in a pub. Uh, and we were playing games. People brought their own games to play, and there was people selling stuff, and there were some other arcade cabs in the bigger room at the back. And uh, we were all sort of r- crowded around the um, the Asteroids Cabaret, which someone actually won as a competition prize. Yes. And we were yeah. all crowded around, and they were trying to, every, all the punters were trying to watch football, and they kept, get your heads out of the way. No, we're playing Asteroids. Live us alone. <laughs> football. Nah. nah. Asteroids, come on. Not for me. Um, the EAG show in London. Yeah, that's just been and gone, hasn't it? Yeah, it just finished. There's a surprising amount of arcade stuff when I looked into it. Um, most of the stuff we've talked about before, there was a Star Wars battle pod. Yes. Um, some video from Chucky Egg is it's, uh, flying down the Death Star and down the tunnel and shooting stuff. He's put a video on of that. Uh-huh. Um, Time Crisis 5, they had that there. Sega's showdown, the, the driving game. Okay. Jurassic Park... Um, an on-rails light gun shooter. They're all on-rails light gun shooters nowadays. Yeah, oh. not for me. Nice to see no. new games coming out, but these ones aren't yeah. really for me. 
There's one called Get Hooked, which is kind of a fishing game. It looks like it's on a co- a large cocktail table, and you look down on it. Okay. So I don't know what that is. Yeah. Uh, there's a Mario Kart Arcade GP DX, catchy yes. name. Yeah, yeah. That's a version of the you know the console Mario Kart. So from what I've heard, it's dumbed down a bit. You know, it's it's an immediate version of it because it's arcade. It's got to take your money, hasn't it? Yeah, of course. Uh, Power Truck S. Right. Which is uh, that truck, that big truck thing. Go Go Pony, which is a child- children's horse racing game. We could both have a go at that, couldn't we? I wouldn't fit on it. I'd break, break it. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've broken it. Sorry. There's a, a driving game called Overtake. Something called Dead Heat Riders, which I think is a motorbike thing. There's a couple of games from 2013 that was advertised again. Transformers and Batman. Oh, Batman's the racing game, isn't it? Yeah, I've played both of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Batman looks decent, actually. Uh, no, it's not. It's, it's oh, all right. Really? It's it's okay. It's it's hard to know what's going on. It's more like um, destruction derby kind of a game. You're just bashing into everything. Yeah, that's my normal driving game. Uh, play, that's, actually, that's my normal driving in the snow last night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Animal Kaiser, Animal Kaiser, which is like a Dino King kind of card thing for children. You scan it. Yeah, I've seen them before. Yeah, yeah. So. What it was, it was good to see that Pac-Man is still the Namco, uh, Bandai Namco mascot. It was everywhere at this at their stand. As he and, should be. And they even had a Pac-Man zone. All right, okay. Yeah, so there's they're, they're still pushing that brand. He's 35 years old, Pac-Man. He's nearly getting as old. on a bit, isn't he? Yeah, yeah just, a, just a bit younger than uh, me. Yeah, just a bit. Yeah. Um, the latest pinballs were there, Walking Dead, WrestleMania, Hobbit, Medieval Madness and, right, Jersey Jacks have done The Wizard of Oz. Yes, I played that. But, it's good. But they've put a Pindemption feature on it. It's a pinball that gives out tickets. Oh, my you know, Lord. Children collect tickets, don't they? Shall we ban that word from now on? Pindemption. Pindem- we've had that vide- awful. Yeah, we've had Videmption and now there's Pindemption. Oh, about Bindemption? Put it in the bin. Yeah, Bindemption. Stern are doing it as well. They're oh, looking into no, it. Oh, really? So... Uh, who's going to play these games? Because children, I know they like the flashy lights and everything, yeah. but they're not going to be very good at these pinballs, and there's bound to be another game where they can get more tickets. Yeah, let's leave pinballs alone, shall we? Yeah. Talking of tickets, they had the normal stuff, Plants vs. Zombies, Flappy Bird, Ugh. Kung Fu Panda, all these uh, redemption things, Fishbowl Frenzy that we talked about, Candy Crush Saga, another mobile game that's now made it into a big full-blown yeah. video arcade. And that's the one that people on Facebook see saying, do you want to play this with me? No. No. What is um, Sega doing? They're, they've sort of got an, an innov- innovative, is that a word? innovative yeah. uh, game called... Wonderland Wars, yeah, and it's a multiplayer online battle arena and MOBA. So it's like a st- real-time strategy game, but it's an arcade game. Okay. So, so at least it's different from your normal light gun shooters or your dance games or your driving games that yeah, we yeah. that we just seem to see them now. We've got a video of that. We'll pop that on the show notes if we were to click on. Yeah. That. So we'll see what that's uh, what's going to happen with that. Oh, this next one, I I looked at this a little while ago and I forgot to say about it. Uh, my wife showed this to me. Pixels the movie. Yeah, There's a film coming out, uh, and it looks decent as well. Mm. we'll put, there's no links to the trailer yet, but there will be soon. We'll be reporting on that. Yeah, it's based on um, 
a video short that someone did a few years ago. It's just like 2011, I think. I saw it. It's really good. It's amazing. Yeah, I've never seen it before. And it's like picks like Space Invaders and Pac-Man. They and sort Tetris of take over a city, don't they? And there's like Kong yeah. on, the, on the Empire State Building and all that sort of stuff. And they've based a film around it, Adam Sandler and, yeah. you know... I'm not a big sad, I'm not a big Sandler fan, but I'm a big Pixels fan, so mm. I'll be definitely having a look <laughs> at that. Yeah, and also a new event in Banning, California, called the Arcade Expo. Uh, why is it America? Bring them to the UK or Europe. It just finished yesterday. Seven hundred and fifty videos and pins on free play. Wow. Uh, Walter Day and Billy Mitchell were there. Yeah. And they were trying to break the world record for the most simultaneous uh, pinball people playing. And they, the previous record was 272 pinballs being played at once. Oh, my Lord. And they beat it with 331 pinballs. Imagine the noise of 331 pinballs all being made at the same time. That would be yeah. awesome. So this place is at the Museum of Pinball, so they've got a bit of an advantage. Cool. But if you look at the floor plans, there is a large arcade area as well. So I don't know what... I haven't seen any pictures of what arcade games they had there. Yeah. But I bet that was a great event to go to. Yeah, I'd love to have gone to something like mm. that. Do you know what? Um, there's a, an event called... Um, uh, is it ECG? CEG? Can't remember now. There's a big expo. And it's on every year in Vegas in September. Yeah. I might be going to it. Ooh. Right. Uh, seriously going to be doing it, I think, because um, we're going to have a bit of a holiday again because we love LA and LA's not yeah. too far from Vegas. Uh, hopefully meet up with Paul Nermanen in yeah. the television. If he can make it himself, it's not sure as even if he can make it yet because of family commitments, um, but definitely going to be going to that, I think. I say definitely, mm, but I think we will be going to that and it's going to be awesome. Have you got enough room in your suitcase for a fat lad? Mm, no, because the room in the suitcase, we've bringing back stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's about the news, I think. Let's get on it to is. do some pickups. Right, you go with yours first, Vic, because, um, you know, you've got some. Yes. <laughs> um, I forgot to say, uh, after Christmas, it arrived a little bit late, actually, but my eldest son, Anthony... He made something for me for Christmas, which is brilliant. I really like this. He made a piece of artwork for me, and it's framed. He, he built the frame himself. He's put little hangers on it. And it's a load of Rubik's Cubes stuck together in a picture. And it, it it's a picture of Blinky from Pac-Man, you know, the red ghost. Yeah. But the eyes on him make him look really guilty how he's done it. And they're all made <laughs> out of the different colours of a, of a Rubik's Cube. It's yeah. absolutely awesome. It's really, really good. Weighs <laughs> a tonne as well. Took him forever to make it, apparently. <laughs> Uh, I've got some nice new black tea mold in from Arcade World UK, which is the, the shop I was raving on about before. Yeah. Six metres worth crammed into a tiny little box. I wouldn't have thought six metres of tea mold can get into it. I thought to myself, they've made a mistake here. And actually, when I got it home, I actually pulled it out and measured it roughly. I was like, oh, there is six metres. How the hell yeah. did they get in that tiny little box? <laughs> I've also bought off of eBay Midway Arcade Treasures for the PlayStation 3. I got yes. it for a bargain cut down price. Uh, and it's also, I can play online with it. So I'm going to try and play with my friend Vip, Ben, yeah. to play a couple of games online with him. Cause he, he really likes Rampart and I've never played Rampart. It's an Atari game. It's like a little strategy game with trackballs. I don't think I have. I haven't, but everyone raves mm. on about it. So I'll hopefully play that against him on, on the internet. I did have Midway Arcade Treasures 1 and 2 on the PlayStation 2. I think I had one on the old Xbox from Yonks ago as well. 
Yeah, I think they did three, and I got one and two. I think the third one, uh, there wasn't much on it that appealed. So I just, but they were, from what I remember, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say now, but from what I remember, they were pretty good yeah. emulations. You know, I take it they give you the original version. They give you a, a zipped up, you know, snazzy new HD version as well. No, on these it was just the originals. Oh, okay, but with yeah. online play and stuff. No, because it was PlayStation 2. It was oh, just, that wouldn't uh, be, no. But the new PS3 no. one, I think everyone's yeah. geared for online play. I hope so, anyway. Yeah. Because I find it... I always wanted to play MAME and arcade games against people online. And there's a few ways you can do it, like MAME Hub, and there's another one, I think. But I could never get the things to work. Uh, and that's what we were trying to do with the No Quarter podcast. We were going to try and play some um, Sky Kid with them. But they've got Macs, and they're, they're mainly Apple guys, those two. And it was very difficult for them to get MAME online. Hopefully yeah. someone's going to, you know, now that MAME is all online as well, you can play games in a browser. Hopefully they're going to sort out arcade uh, online play soon so you can play your mates yeah. from, like, different countries and stuff. That'd be real fun, actually, because then we could do um, some co-op games together, maybe, rather than against yeah. each other all the time, do some co-op games. Yeah. I got a rather spiffy white leather belt. <laughs> yeah. That might sound a bit odd for a 41-year-old man to be wearing a white leather belt. But yeah. this has got an orange Atari an, an Atari logo on it and the big metal buckle in the middle. And yeah. it's got Asteroids motif on it. Oh. I, I heard about this from another podcast. I'm not sure which one it was, but someone said about it and no one put a bid on it. I went, oh, I'll have a look at that. And I went, oh, I'm having that. So I clicked on it and had it away. <laughs> it's quite nice. I'm going to have to work down a disco feck this weekend. <laughs> got some boring old Molex connectors, male and female, for renewing the Death Race power loom. So I'm going to redo all the looms. So it's all nice thick cable and it's not going to wear out and all this sort of stuff. Renew everything. Um, and also, that was a bit cheeky. I bought off eBay for a company that does um, bits for radio control cars. Cause I think they use Molex connectors as well. And it was about four quid. I want a lot of money. And the guy sent it. And I got a, a note at work saying, um, oh, the, the sender hasn't put enough postage on I thought, you cheeky monkey. Mm. I had to pay £2.87 to have it delivered to work. So I'm getting a charge back on that, you monkey. Yeah. Uh, I got a load of 24 micro switches from, uh, for some random buttons and stuff. I always use micro switches for things. Yeah. Uh, and also, oh, 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 should we do this now? Yeah, go the on. The Broken go on. Token care package has arrived. Yeehaw! It's a box, roughly eight inches cubed, and I'm going to open it online. Here's my trusty knife. Yeah, Just Stanley. Here. Careful. Do you want me to do a drum roll? No, but I need my mum to uh, make sure I'm not going to cut myself with this knife. Right. Right, here we go. Carefully, it might have something breakable in it. I know there's definitely no arcade boards in it, because not, it's not big enough for that. Oh, don't cut myself. Right, customs fee to pay. Yeah, I had to pay custom fees on it as well. Ooh! Right, what's in here? Uh, there's a little note, and there's some padded air thingies. Right, what have we got here? Victor. Hey, sir, I hope this finds you well. I'll apologise for the time it took to get something to post to you and your show. But I trust that once you open it up, you'll feel the wait was worth it. I hope you and yours enjoy it, good times and good spirits, and you can have a taste a bit of Kentucky Proud every time you partake. Hmm. We, we love your show and look forward to each episode. So you guys keep up the good work, and I'll keep on trying to say, hashtag Farpar. <laughs> and someday I might actually get it right. Take care, Merry Christmas, and cheers from the USA. Whitney and Brent. TheBrokenToken.com. Right. Let's get these air padded things out of the way. There we go. Oh, it's heavy. Oh, oh, hey up. There's a black shroud around it, like a black covering. Oh, oh, it feels like liquid. Oh, it's good already. It feels like liquid. 
Oh, let me get that box out of the way before I drop it on the floor. Right, what have we got here? Oh, it's not. Oh, oh, hello. <laughs> Sean, you can see me. What does that look like to you? Jefferson's. This is a big ass bottle of whiskey. Wow. Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, very small batch. Oh my lord, 41.15 alcohol volume. <gasps> you know what you've got to do with this, don't you? Drink it now. Not all of it, but I'm going to have a little taste, I think. I'm not a big whiskey drinker, but a good whiskey is really, really... And it's got a little glass on it as well. How cool is that? On the top, yeah. Oh, I wish you were here, mate. I'll give you a bit. <laughs> oh, look at that. Very small batch bourbon. Oh, that glass is lovely. Thank you, guys. I love this already. Oh, let's get it open. I shouldn't be drinking on air, but I'm going to have a go. <laughs> Sean, tell the people about some other stuff while I, I pour myself a glass of this. Right. Um, what have I been buying? Yeah, what have you been buying? Tell me. Uh, nothing at all. I actually, yeah, I've bought... Oh, it smells um, lovely. Couple, does it? <laughs> a couple of e-books. I'm going to have to do the rest of this on my own, aren't I? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> a couple of e-books. Pink Bullets, a shooting uh, e-book, which is just been taken out of circulation so i thought i'd buy it it says it's for the hardcore shooters so i bought that and yeah. also the classic gaming bookcast that you mentioned chris plus plus yep i bought that as well so i'm going to read that like you sort of when i can get through it what's it taste like that? i don't know i'm just smelling it. it smells lovely actually i used to like whiskey i'm not so much into it now oh oh mm. that is really nice man <laughs> I know you're going to come and visit me before long, and I won't drink all of it by the time you get yeah. it, and you have some of that with me. I bet you will. Oh, it's so nice. really warming. Yeah. Oh, that is beautiful. It's really <laughs> nice. Oh, oh, oh. oh, So I'm getting excited about whiskey now. Oh, oh. One whiff of the barmaid's apron, my mouth runs away with me. <laughs> and what's Thwocker up to? He's on uh, Dragon's Lair fans for him, isn't he? Yes. Um, it's another one I've stolen because I, I like the look of the cab. Uh, one of one of his pickups, a Mystic Marathon, Williams Mystic Marathon. Never heard of it. I, I played it. It's not the best game, to be honest. Yeah. The sound effects are typical Williams, very good, very meaty, bassy sounds. But the rest of the game is just strange. You're in this like race, and you're an elf, and or some kind of elfy thing. I saw this on on the UK VAC forums. He he popped it up on there, and he just got it, and it looks beautiful. Yeah, the, I mean, the yeah, cab the looks really nice, doesn't it? All these little funny yeah. elves running around the place. And it's got really nice font on the Mystic Marathon as well. I'd never heard of it. I've no. heard of most of the Williams games. Because you've got to remember, um, Moon Patrol is a Williams. Yeah. But I think it was uh, released by IREM yeah. at the time. Or it might yeah. be a, a license. But everyone doesn't really associate uh, Williams with Moon Patrol. And it's a good, really good game. Yeah, that is a good one, that. This whiskey's really nice. <laughs> it's left a really nice warm feeling in my throat. <laughs> my wife was into this as well. She's quite into different tastes. <laughs> okay, let's uh, do some drunken feedback. Now, we have had tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of feedback. So, thank you, everyone, who's wrote in, messaged in. We're really, really grateful, and we, we enjoy it. So, please keep doing it. Yes, thank you very much. Right, the first one we got here, uh, Nez for Life, Phil. Uh, he's already told me, but for everyone else's reference, a PAL N64, what I was having trouble with before, you need a modified S-video or SCART cable for the best picture. That's where I was going wrong, I think. Unless you're going the RGB mod route, and you can't do that very easily on a PAL N64. The best ones to do is um, an NTSC one. Mm. But he's, I've put a link on there uh, to, get the, where the, to get the cable from. So... 
I think I might just try that, and then the wife can play in sixty four. She really enjoys it, but we just it was just unplayable on that screen like that. Yeah. Uh, Chris plus uh, plus the guy Chris Federico who wrote the book. Uh, when he wasn't writing his book, he's been playing Eyes with us. Yeah. I doesn't know how far we how we got so far in Eyes. Uh, once that fifth eye shows up, he needs five eyes of his own to keep track of all the baddies coming from all directions. It does get busy. Yeah, yeah it does. And he can only make it onto level four. Ha <laughs> ha, he can only make it level four. I think I meant it's level six. <laughs> he is improving very gradually. It's nice to know that people are actually having a go of these games as well. Yes. I really enjoy that. And they find yeah. some of them really good. Ah, here's another one. Here's another one for you. Uh, Lily, who, uh, female gamer, sent her feedback into No Quarter. Yes. And, because we listened to that too, she thought she'd squash two tiny birds with one heavy rock. And, well, no. We think you should use two tiny pebbles and talk to us too. You know, <laughs> we want your feedback as well, Lily. Uh, she has three cabs of her own. She's got a Gallagher, a Centipede, and a Main Cab, which is a nice little selection, I think. Uh, but her husband is also a collector. It's like the traditional way around, especially in the UK is us guys have the cabs and the wives collect other things. And that's usually how you get along. And there's usually a compromise between wife and husband. Yeah. You know, sort of, oh, I need another cab, love. Can I put it in here? Oh, and if I can, you know, have my collection over there or I can buy a new few things. But in this particular instance, it's the other way around. But he collects action figures, apparently. Ha <laughs> ha. He collects dollies. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> so she does trade-offs with him. But her sneaky way around it, she keeps buying him collectibles so she says well you've got that drawer over there for look at can i have a new cab in here and he has to agree which is brilliant well done lily that's what we do over here <laughs> uh dave o um our dave o yeah he likes my picture he says it's awesome the last podcast the number 28 do you think you'll like this next one that i've just emailed you vic yes the new picture <laughs> we might have some complaints about that have, have a look on the um the website people it's pretty good. I, I was people were probably looking at me strange on the train earlier when I received it. I was on the train coming back from a film, and I just started giggling to myself. I must have looked a right idiot. Yeah, I did get a bit carried away with that picture. I yeah. apologise, everybody. And wife said to me, "Why is Sean naked?" <laughs> I'll leave it at that, people. Oh Lord, you gonna get in trouble. <laughs> so Benson Rad, the guy who chose our game this week. Um, we're still getting through. He's still getting through uh, his commutes with us on his ears. Uh, he was saying there's three Ridge Racer games on a PS1. We're talking about Ridge Racer. Yes. Type 4 was the last one, I think. I think I had that years and years ago. All three are great arcade-style games. Uh, Rage Racer was another cool game on the console, too, which is, I think, what you mentioned, Rage Racer. I loved that, yeah. There was one, one in of... an arcade called Rave Racer as well, which was one of those very similar games, I think, from Namco. yeah. Rage Racer, you had to, from what I remember, you you raced for money and then you upgraded your car. Okay. I, I got so addicted to it, just, you know, customising and boosting up my car. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, really. That's one of them games. I think I lost a month of my life to it. Every day after work, I was on it. Oops. Yeah. Tronads, our friend Tronads. Yes. Uh, he enjoyed number 28. Listened to it on the way back from a job interview. And it helped him take his mind off it. So cheers, guys, for that. Very welcome, old son. Uh, two things he's learnt from this. He's Number one, he now knows from the podca- con- podcast content that Vic, me, has had his hands on his joystick. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> must, I think I sold him a cab. I think that's what he's on about. Um, and Sean has dodged a bullet sneakily getting Arcade Club to remove OutZone before he gets there. I take it he's very good at OutZone. He's, he was practicing uh, last night. It wasn't there, but I didn't get him to remove it. I would, I would rather it be there. So but, you say? Yes, but they'd replaced it with arm with one of the fantastically named cave, sh- uh, no, eighting and rising shooter, armed police bat rider. Oh, bat rider! Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a great name! It's a good game. It's quite hard to see the bullets on that actually yeah. when it gets hectic. But yeah, really good. What from those five thousand bullets on screen? You mean? Yeah, yeah. we did have. Um, what did we play me and Trey? We played Star Force, so that's still there. We had a good game with that. And then know? he clocked up a quick four million on Star Wars. Just clocked up a quick oh, four million. Oh, yes. He's a guy on the Star Wars. I know now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That name um, you said about uh, Armed Police Batride is not as good name as Hot Dog Storm. Hot Dog Storm? You really? Hot Dog Storm. No. You'll love it. It's a shooter, mate. Have a go of it. What, what arcade game? Yeah. It's it's a similar game. It's um like here he is. He's off on his computer looking at it now. <laughs> you have a look at that. I'll tell, do some more feedback. No, uh, I'm not going to look. Steve at it. Just... Ridley on Facebook commented on my death race setup. I, I put a picture on there with all the setup, with all the bits all over the table and the monitor and everything all around there. And he said, uh, "No luck with color then." The cheeky sausage. He knows it's a black and white game, but he he commented that he's, he liked it anyway. Uh, Robert Hazelby, now known as Bobby Hazelnut. <laughs> Fantastic. Really good to see this coming back from the dead, which is where the zombies will end up. Dead. We'll be running yeah. over them. Hannes, our friend Hannes in, in Austria, who I've got some news about later on, uh, thinks he knows what I'm doing because I had it all set up. I really don't, Hannes. I, was, <laughs> I think I just winged it, to be honest with you. I was just, I think a little bit of common sense and testing everything two or three times accounts for 90% of getting an arcade machine running. If yeah. you just look up everything and ask a few questions, talk to people who knows about it, and just be sensible with it, you can get a long way, I think. Because I don't know a lot about electronics, but enough to maybe get things going. Yeah. yeah and it worked, so I was pretty good with that. Hitesh, great work, Victor and Sean. Good to see a game that he had nominated being featured. That's Eyes. Yes. Uh, any thoughts or chances of a weekly podcast? No. I'll answer that. No. No, we'd struggle, wouldn't we? I think, I we, think would. we would. Yeah. Um, but what we can do, Hitesh, uh, if you want to, um, or you and the listeners can drum up £800 a week each for us, we'll quit work and we'll do podcasting full-time. Yeah, I would, I would quite enjoy that. I would love to do that. But sadly, I don't think it's going to happen. Get on it, listeners. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Come on, contribute. <laughs> I'm handing me notice in tomorrow morning. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, a bit, that's a bit premature, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Better not do that. Uh, WTG Bob, who's our uh, Scottish runner-to-worker. I hope he isn't running to work in Scotland at the moment. It's covered in snow, isn't it, up there? Yeah, I think so. Great podcast again, chaps. Yes, I am a nutter and run seven kilometres to work. What? Listening to your podcast, but since I have the weather in Scotland, have gotten a hundred times worse. Today was the worst winds I have ever ran in. I am blaming me. <laughs> listen, Bob, take the bus. You can listen yeah. to our podcast on the bus. 7K in Scotland. Oh my, he must be blue by the time he gets to work. He yeah, must uh, be extremely fit anyway. Absolutely. I can't even, do, I can just about do 10 minutes on the treadmill. That kills me. <laughs> uh, so Martin, smarty. Uh, our friend helped me out with a death race. Cheers for the mentions and comments about his games. Was happy to lend a hand. Thank you very much. Uh, the Jet Fighter video you were thinking of was probably from Blind Dog 44 on YouTube. 
and I have been looking at the Blind Dog videos. He's got a lot of old Atari uh, and old black and white games. Yeah, it was that one. Yeah, I recognise it. So cool. I've subscribed to that channel now. He's got a wicked selection of black and whites, yeah. hasn't he? I was looking at some of those, and it's it's given me more of a hunger now for another black and white game. Yeah. I really like them. They're so simple. And just, they've got loads of character, I think. So I'm definitely having another black and white. I've subscribed to his channel, and I looked at all his videos. So I've, I've put a, uh, a note in the show notes as well for everyone to look at. All our notes, I must say, all our notes in the show notes on the webpage, I know a lot of people get uh, this from iTunes, but go on the webpage because a lot of clickable links. I think all our links are clickable. So you can yes. go on and have a look at things. You will get, end up in a rabbit hole and go through other things. It will take all your time away. It's brilliant. Looking yeah. at different arcadey things. Mm. So, Otto the Mad and Evil. <laughs> yeah. I, that's me, put out a wanted ad on UK VAC Forum for someone to get me an Atari video pinball. I did. Um, Atari video pinball is a black and white game from 78, I think. And it's got a load of overlays on it, which are projected on the top of the machine put down. And it's got LEDs and it makes a pinball, a video pinball. Yeah. But when you actually look at the video screen monitor on its own, it's just like two white flippers, a ball and some little targets. That's it. But when it's all projected yeah. together from the top and use all the, it's got, a, it's even got a tilt on it. The actual control panel moves. You can tilt the machine. And mm. I put out, a, um, saying, has anyone got one? Could sell me one. And the cheeky monkey just put a picture of, of the cartridge for the 2600 for video pinball. Thinking yeah. that would suffice. <laughs> so, Sean, will you just punch him in the kneecap for me next time you see him? I was going to see him last night, but he didn't make it because of the snow. So He didn't I make was... it because he knew he was going to punch in the kneecap, I think. <laughs> Another one, I am Jimmy from one of the forums. So after having eyes on his 96-in-1 pack, which is um, an add-on for Pac-Man hardware you can get, which has also got um, that game I told you about, Super Glob. Yes, Yep. He's had that for eight years, and he's never booted it once. Never played Eyes once on that cab. So he thought he'd give it a try. Loves it. Cool game. The learning curve is just right. I managed to get the wife involved on two-player, which is unheard of in his household. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, but he said it's got... We didn't play two-player. Obviously, we only play on our own. He said it's got an odd two-player feature. When you get extra lives, you no longer round-robin. You know, you have a go, you extra player has a go, you have a go. He said it tur- you have... Instead of turns, you have two goes in a row and you've got an extra life. Right. Which is a weird mechanic. I've never heard of that before. But keep up the good work. Great podcast. And he's going to have to make it over to the arcade club at some point as he's only an hour away. He has no excuses. I'm five hours away, so I have. Yeah, I think he's in Leeds, isn't he? Somewhere around there. In Leeds? Aye. Bobby Idod on the Jammer Plus forums. He's only got round to listening to previous episode two days ago. Stupid Christmas getting in the way of his podcasts. Uh, he was glad to get back to work this week just so he could start catching up, which is, yeah, I'd agree with that. I got I got a load of podcasts under me belt myself. On a semi-related note, he hacked one of his Odyssey 2 cartridges yesterday, fitted it with a socket, and burnt an EEPROM for it. And the game he put on there? Death, Death race. race. He didn't get a chance to play it for long, but he managed 23 points. That doesn't sound a lot, but that is really good going, Bobby Idos. And he's put a picture of his, um, what we got in this country rather than the Odyssey 2. We got Philips Video Pack. Same machine, different name. Yeah. And I can see a little EEPROM hanging out of a load of wires in the front of the cartridge, which really appeals to me because I love this sort of homebrew stuff where you can put games on cartridge you could never normally do back in the day. If I could do that when I was a kid, I would have been king of the castle, honestly. I would have put yeah. your own games on a cartridge. It's amazing. But he, he said reversing over the splattered gizmos 
was a lot quicker than trying to drive forwards off them. I think that's what you got to do with the, the, the gear handle I was on about earlier. You reverse yeah. off of them and so you don't drive into Because when you drive into the gravestone, you get stuck. The idea is to reverse out. And he said, is the arcade game like too? Yes, it is exactly like that. Yeah. He also said he's going to try and do some homemade type of Everdrives for all of his consoles. So he's going to do a bit of EEPROM programming, which is really interesting. I hope he keeps, he keeps us up to date with that. I'm quite interested in that. He's only in Leeds as well, oddly enough, trying to get to Arcade Club, and he'd love it, I think. So Etienne MacGyver on Dragon's Lair Fans Forum. Zach Eyes is the best art ever made, in his honest opinion. Mm, I think it's maybe the best bezel art. Yeah, it's very striking. Brilliant, yeah, brilliant. Those Zachario ones are brilliant. Yeah. And Darth Nuno, Bruno, from the same forum. He was just about to burn his CD of us to listen to. We're on CD, mate. We're famous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bobby Hazelnut, again. <laughs> Loved the latest Eyes episode of the show. One of the best yet. Oh, that's good. My enthusiasm for Death Race is infectious, apparently. He looks forward to the updates in each episode. Please keep them coming. Yeah, I definitely will. If you're considering a game to feature on a future episode, you could do a lot worse than the wonderful Puyin. You ever played Puyin? I have. Yeah, I like it. Every single version of Puyin I've played, whether it's on Atari 2600, um, Commodore 64, Arcade, have always been really good versions. That game cannot mm. do any wrong in my eyes. It's really good. It's, that's another very simple uh, idea. Quite different, yeah. um, but it does get addictive. Yeah, I've not, I've not given it a lot of play, but yeah, maybe. It is a lot of fun, actually, mate. Yeah. Ah, here's another one. Mm. Eileen, another female user. My name is Eileen, and this is the first time I write to a guy first. <laughs> uh oh. But I find you attractive. I think you must paint a good picture of me on your podcast pictures, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to chat about my interests. I think this must be arcade related, obviously. That's why she sent it to the 10pence arcade email address. Don't you mind? I have a lot of photos at this link. Check them. Mm, I don't think so. I don't think there's going to be any arcade on there, do you? Well, maybe not, but you, you seem to be getting all the female attention. What's wrong with the bold guy? Yeah, hey? I think it it's because was... I'm the only one who gets a 10pence arcade email and it's full of spam. Egg and spam? Egg, bacon and spam? <laughs> Egg, bacon, sausage and spam? Oh. Eileen and her mates. Oh, dear. Oh, well. Come on, Eileen. <laughs> come on, Eileen. No, don't come on, Eileen. Stay <laughs> no. away, you idiot. Yeah, go away. Right. Um, I met my friend, Paul Monaghan, from Retro Asylum at the Batcave. Um, he likes the rapport between us. Mm-hmm. And he likes the fact that there's a lot of different games that we mention each week in the overall podcast. Yep. Um, it keeps him interested because some of the we do mention a few like consoles and computer games. You can't help it, can you? No, and some of them, some of the older games, arcade games we mentioned, is too young, so it keeps his interest up that. Okay. Um, and he also said that when we say there'll be a link in the show notes, there is a link in the show notes. Mm. And he list, he showed me on his phone how many podcasts he subscribes to, and he says you'd be amazed how many say there's a link in the show notes and there's not. Yeah. He says it's just us and a couple of other guys that you can actually rely on. So that's good. So thanks very much for that. And good luck with his, his uh, any future podcasting and YouTube ventures. I know he's sort of branching out and trying to do a few um, other things. So okay. good, luck, good luck to him. Has he got a channel, a YouTube channel? He's on the Retro Asylum channel. Oh, okay. So, I'll have um, to check it out. Yeah, yeah, check that out. It's nice to know that some of the listeners are listening to, the, uh, to us and, and actually looking at the show notes because... I do take time to put them on there, and it's quite helpful that you put them in the notes as well, in the clickable links. I can just use them to link to the 
Yeah. The front. But when I when I do the editing, I have a an old fashioned lined pad next to me and a pen. And when I hear us talking about a, a show note, I actually write it down. So when I'm doing it, I sort of put them in the order we talk to them in, or I try to at least. Sometimes they're a little bit out of order, or I forget one and put one back yeah. in. But I do try and put them in there. And if I don't, give me grief over it, hassle me, and I'll put them in there. Yeah. Chris Frederico again. Yep. Uh, happy anniversary. I'm a bit late, but just the same. I'm extremely glad that you've stuck around for a year. I hope there's another year of 10 pence arcade episodes and then another and another. I'm a selfish fan that way. And the pence is mightier than the sword. Oh, that's good. That I like that. That could be our logo. The pence is mightier than the sword. The only part of the podcast I don't like is when Sean talks about the history because he's rubbish. Oh, no. No, no. If, uh, because... Uh, don't misunderstand me it's great fun and i do enjoy that part but it means the episode is almost over oh. so here's to the 10 pence the tpa is using three TPA. letter is using three letter acronyms is using tlas to do a tpa tpa in 2015 thanks so much for all of your hard work thank you very much you're welcome fella uh, and this was one quite late on actually it's one of the last feedbacks we got i put it in here tactical genius he loved how gutted they were when you beat them at Pulsar. He's talking about No Quarter because they did Pulsar as well. They didn't. Now, the, the story is, it's quite a funny story, is I thought, oh, they're doing a game we did just two weeks ago. What's wrong? And they didn't listen to they They, they, they couldn't have caught up with our podcast because apparently they listen, which is brilliant. It's really nice that they listen. And the reason why we do this podcast is because of their podcast. They spurred me on to do one for the UK. And um, they hadn't done Pulsar. When they realised, I sort of sent them a tweet saying we'd done it. They didn't listen to our podcast on purpose, just so they got their own spin on the game. Yeah. <laughs> and they were interested in our scores. They, oh, I bet we beat their score. I bet we beat their scores. And Mike said, I've got to look. I've got to look. And he looked on the scores and realised that we've beaten them. <laughs> and yeah, Paul Carrington did. got quite upset about it. <laughs> Which, sorry. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Yeah, you did. But I didn't. I think... Um, you beat Carrington, but not Mike. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was me, Mike... You, Carrington. Yeah. Poor old Carrington, right at the bottom of the leaderboard. <laughs> sorry. Very sorry. But the funny thing was, is they were going to choose eyes out of their thing for the next one as well. I didn't realise we'd nicked their game again without even realising about it. That but is a strange coincidence. Not that it, strange, yeah. really, because I went on a month's um, course how to hack uh, Canadian computers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so it's coming quite well, actually. So what are they doing for um next couple? Uh, I don't know. I was lying. <laughs> hacking. I, I can't even. I can't get on the internet half the time. Let alone do hacking. I usually get the wife to do that for me. <laughs> but final feedback. Hooray, banana, Eric, friend of ours. Uh, finally managed to listen to a full one of these. What do you mean you finally managed to listen to it, you cheeky monkey? Uh, <laughs> nice, good bit of rambling. Reminds me of one of his lessons because he's, he's a lecturer. Well done, chaps, and shouts out for Sega Rally. Awesome game. Uh, so glad he's got one of his own now. He's got a cab of his own. Yeah. He always sees them in arcades still, like I said, but some of them looking quite demented. They do get a bit beaten up because they've made a, these cabs are still being played and earning their living still nowadays. Yeah. But as you can imagine, the steering wheels have got chunks missing out of them. The pedals don't work properly. The screens have got screen burn. They're just getting tired because they've been like workhorsed for ages. Okay, then that's the mammoth load of feedback out of the way. Let's do some shout outs. Yes. Definitely to the broken token guys, Whitney and Brent, for giving me a bit of a light head so far with the whiskey. <laughs> it's really nice. Um, uh, thank you for the awesome package. Thank you very, very much. 
Um, but a little note for them. More arcade, please, and a little less bit of pinball, because they've been doing a lot of pinball lately. I think it's because they did a big pinball show, and then yeah. they luckily had John Trudeau on, which was, and they went around the, the Stern factory, which would be brilliant. I'd love to do that. And so they learned a lot about the Stern factory and how they make things, which to me, being an engineer, learning how they make these things would be amazing. I'd love to do that. Uh, but also, Broken Token, can you please cover some black and white games? Because I know the Americans have got a lot of black and white games still working over there. And I think they're quite cheap yeah. over there still as well. Whereas over here, they're quite hard to get hold of. Mm-hmm. Phil, Nez for Life, for helping me out with the N64 again. Uh, Luke, who's Magneto on the MAACA forums in Canada, uh, for his continued help on my death race, because he's got a fully restored one, and helping me out a little bit with that. To Mike and Carrington for their brave attempts on beating our scores on Pulsar. You ready for this? Yes. In your face, no quarter. <laughs> uh, and also, Chris Federico's book. We've got a shout-out another time for that. Everyone should go and get that. 99 cents from all good electronic bookshops. Oh, also, a little bit of sad news, actually. Uh, Hannes, our man in Austria, has broken his ankle. Right. I Facebook messaged him uh, saying, oh, have you been on any more cab raids lately? Because he's, you know, doing the cab raids in, in Germany. And he said, hmm, no, I haven't actually. I said, oh, why not? And he sent me a picture of a, an x-ray of his ankle with loads of pins and stuff. And it was, oh, my God, what have you done? <laughs> and he's broken his ankle. I think it's quite icy out there at the moment. Uh, and recently, he's broken his toe on his other foot as well. Ooh. I don't know. That, but he did. I said to him, you idiot, stay inside. You know, play some games. Stay in the warm. Don't go out in the icy weather. He said, this was inside. I think he was moving <laughs> something around and he broke his toe, the poor old thing. <laughs> So, Hannes, get well soon. Play some games, chill out. Don't be doing anything silly. Yeah, right. I'm going to give three very generalised um, shout-outs so I don't forget anybody. First to no quarter, guys, because they've mentioned us loads in the last podcast. I felt very important. Yes, they have. Yes, they, they, were, they were talking about the rivalry. We need to get together with them and do a four-player a four thing. Yes. Um, they did, a little while ago, they had one of their podcasts under their belt. You know, they'd done one and kept it for a, yeah. a time when they couldn't you know, record together and basically there was some other guests on there as well and Quinn Dunkey was one on there and she is brilliant Quinn Dunkey uh, also known as uh, Blondie Hacks who's a very in- oh, god intelligent superwoman uh, she's made her own 6502 computer from scratch she built wow. her own computer wow what how the heck do you do that and she's um, built her own gaming uh, table as well. It's like um, a purpose-built gaming table with a screen and, and controls all built into it and a MAME setup and everything. And she does all these different projects. Very, very clever woman. And mm-hmm. they did, um, I can't remember who the other guest was, but they did her and Carrington and Mike and someone else. And they did, I think they did five of their favourite games and they spoke about them. And there was a theme to their games. We had to try and work out what the theme was. Yeah. It was a really entertaining podcast. And if the guys ever want to get us involved on that, I'd be very welcome to do a Skype thing with them. Very well. Mm, yeah, I'd enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Uh, also give a, a shout out to everyone at the Batcave. I know it's very general, but I'm going to forget somebody. And everyone at the uh, New Frontier venue yesterday. We had a great time, really enjoyed it. So hello to everyone and shouting you out. Excellent. Okay, let's do what console stroke computer game should have been in the arcades. <laughs> Our friend Roger Cantor has been on to us. A bit of constructive criticism, actually. I was grateful for it. He mm. was saying we're struggling to find a few games, and we are a little bit, because people aren't really writing in. So it's a listener's fault. 
really. <laughs> Let's blame them, shall we? Yeah. Anyway, we are struggling to find some actually. Because I mean, I'm trying to trying to think back to games. I thought, oh, I'd love to play that on an arcade cabin. I, I go through a lot of um, PC Engine games and console games and a few new modern Steam games on the PC, maybe even some on the PS3. And um, I'm finding it difficult. And he was saying that when people write in or suggest a game, there should be some caveats to it. And the reason should be you have to change it to make it work on an arcade machine, which is fair enough. And I try and do that when, with my picks. And also... Maybe what artwork would you use for the side and describe the artwork and maybe the control panel and maybe some odd control methods you'd use as well. Yeah. You know, we sort of suggest, I mean, one I can immediately think of was, um, Jeff Minter's Grid Runner on the iPad, which is an amazing yeah. game and you play it with your finger, but I mean, a trackball and a button would have been amazing for it. And you can imagine the sort of grid artwork on the side and that's sort of the kind of thing we're after listeners. So please write in uh, or get in contact with us and tell us what games you used to play, or even playing nowadays, you'd think would be adaptable to the arcade. We're really interested in listening to, in hearing what you have to say. But you've got one here, and I'm not sure if we've done it or not before. Because silly me, I didn't write them down. No, we, yeah, we're going to have to look back. If we haven't, it's quite an obvious from Jetpack from the 8-bit computers. It'll be a brilliant sort of eight arcade game. It's single yeah. screen. Um, you, you're a little guy. Uh, hovering around the screen, shooting all the bad guys, and he's got to collect pieces of a rocket. Yeah. You d- drop them in a certain part of the screen, and then you've got to collect fuel for the rocket. You drop them in a certain part of the screen, and the rocket takes off, yeah. and then it lands again for the next level. Um, every so often, you have a different rocket to build. Uh, the gameplay is really fast and frenetic, and there's there's different bad guys all over the place. Yeah. So that would be i think it'd be a really good arcade game you know say sort of 82 81 83 that kind of era absolutely and the artwork if you look at the loading screen the spectrum loading screen really colorful excellent loading screen i think that'd look really well on the artwork yeah you can imagine a sloped cab with that sort of rainbow stripe that the spectrum had yeah and yeah you can imagine a little guy it'd be an excellent what single screen shooter because the, the shooting on it reminds me of Defender. You know, you've got the long streams of, of, of shots when you're shooting. Yes. And yeah. if they stuck to eight colours, you know, the old Spectrum 8-bit sort of eight colours um, colour scheme, that'd be brilliant. You can imagine the, the pew, pew, blip, blop, blip, blop sort of sound effects as well. Pew, pew, Barney McGrew, Cuthbert, Dibble, Grub. Yeah, that would be a good one, I think. I'm not sure if we've had that, but it, it seems an obvious one now I think of it. Maybe we have. I went down one of them rabbit holes that you're on about on YouTube the other day, and I came yeah. across that, and I thought, yeah, brilliant game. Yep, absolutely. Well, my one, I had a quick look at this. I was using a Mega Drive emulator, because when I was putting my computer back together, I was putting all the um, the emulators in the, in the different folders for the start menu, and I came across the Genesis one. I thought, oh, I'll have it on Mega Drive. And it was Comic Zone. And this was a game I always wanted back in the Mega Drive uh, era when I, I had a Mega Drive and I was getting the new games. But the games back then were quite expensive and I didn't have a lot of money to spend on it because I had a young family and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but Comic Zone always looked really good because I've always been interested in comics ever since I was a kid in the UK. You know, the Buster and the Beano and the Dandy and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And as an adult, I've got into the graphic novels as well. So I'm still into comics. I'm a big kid, basically. But Comic Zone on the Mega Drive was brilliant. It was go right and have a fight game, but in a comic... You actually travelled through the different panes of of levels in the comics. You had a sort of a comic cell, and when you did that level, you'd have to beat someone up or beat a load of guys up, and you went on to the next one. But I've just realised now you could go down and up and left as well. So go right and have a fight doesn't really 
happen. <laughs> so it's go up, down, left, right, have a fight. <laughs> but yeah, and you can imagine the side art being almost like, be almost like a, a sort of a comic book scene on the side. You could do it the complete comic panes and have stuff bursting out the side of the screen. It'd be, I think it'd be awesome. Comic yeah. book game. It'd be almost like the X-Men arcade cab. That's sort of very comic-y. Mm. And like the, you know, the Punisher and all those kind of games, that sort of thing. You got another one for the Commodore 64 for us? Yes. Um, Encounter. This is a futuristic version of Battlezone, basically. Mm-hmm. And I think it is better than Battlezone. <gasps> it is, it is fast moving. It's quick. It's, there's a like, um, in between each level when you shoot all the spaceships. So you've got spaceships to shoot instead of tanks. Mm-hmm. So you shoot all them, dodge all the bullets. Um, you have like a, a level where you rush to uh, rush through this like corridor of, of boulders coming towards you and all you've got is a left and right dodge and then this big sort of clacks and sounds putting the pressure on and you've just got to dodge from left or right and then eventually you come to the next level and a window opens in space and you go into the next level that reminds me when you put that on there it reminds me of tempest you know when you complete a level in tempest you fall down the tube and yeah. you've got to avoid the spikes it's that kind of it's really quick and you only go left and right to avoid the spike and if you hit a spike you lose a life it reminds it you of that, similar. where you're rushing yeah. forward, you've just got to avoid things for a little while until you get to the next level. Like a hyper-space type thing. Yeah, that would make a good one, I think. And the genius of it is, it's just one stick and one button. You know, I know Battlezone's got two sticks yeah, yeah. to simulate the tank movement, but this you can... It's very fast-moving, the bullets are fast, and the sound effects are good. Uh, the artwork, it's, it's quite basic-looking when you it's look like at it. It's like checkerboard artwork, wasn't it? That sort of thing? Because I had this on the on the Atari mm, XL, kind of, and I think I had it yeah. on the Commodore sixty one. I remember liking it. It was was it a Lucasfilm game? Novagen software. Novagen, yeah, they did a yeah. few of those early type three D games that you on the yeah, back. yeah, they were really good on the sixty four. I think the graphics were so basic um, to make it fast. I think, yeah, because it's. I think it, instead of using actual three D, I think it's using kind of very primitive scaling where they're just building up characters yeah. that as they come towards you yeah that was back but, in the good old days before 3d came and ruined it all for everyone yeah the effects yeah the the game is very good very quick i'm not sure about the artwork it, i think it'd have to be very plain and sort of bold colors i would say yeah yeah with tanks tanks are always good yeah space space tanks okay uh, i need another nip of this whiskey i think so let's have a musical interlude shall we <laughs> we shall <laughs> uh and this is dino rex the very famous Dino Rex that no one's ever heard of from Taito. I've never heard of it either. Taito, 1992. It's a dinosaur fighting game like Primal Rage. Yeah, yeah, I know that one. But it came two years before Primal Rage, and it's two years worse. It's just not very good. <laughs> but, but the music is very good, and there's more than one tune that I'd like to feature, but we're just going to put one on. Okay, let me just press play on my tape here while I make myself some whiskey.
Okay, we're back. Uh, let's do Game of the Week. Yes, this week we are doing Black Hole Stroke Quarth. Quarth is a Japanese name for it. It's a Konami game from 89. Mm-hmm. Uh, four-way game, one button. Surely it's three-way. Well, you only need three-way, don't you, really? Yeah, yeah. Left, right, it... and up to pull the blocks down. Yeah, that's it, really. Uh, Konami CPU at 3 megahertz and a Z80 at 3.6 megahertz. Mm-hmm. Yamaha sound chip that was the standard YM2151. You know, the old YM2151. Oh, that good old favourite, the YM2151. Yeah, with added gimbals on it. Yeah. yeah. Screen res, 288 by 224. Uh-huh. That, that is about as technical as I can get. Yeah, um, I don't know what any of that means, but I'm no. just agreeing with you, nodding my head like an idiot. Yeah. This yeah. one was suggested by Benson Rad. Certainly was. Uh, he, I asked him about it, and he says, I was certainly no master at it. I just like playing it. And I figured it might aspire to the Tetris or Mr. Driller in Vic and the Shooter in Sean. So, yes, what do you think? It's nice of him to think of us, but... Mm. What's this from GameFAQs? Warning, Quarth is a blockbuster puzzle challenge guaranteed to knock your socks on your block off at a maddening, mind-numbing pace. No, no, it didn't. Not at all. Okay, um, what type of game is it, Sean? Tell me. What's it similar to, do you think? Well, when you first load it up and have a look at it, it looks like Tetris, but it's mm-hmm. not. Upside down, no Tetris. Yeah, it's a shooting puzzle game. You have to make irregular shapes into quadrilateral shapes, four-sided, to clear them. That's Hold all you have to minute. do. Hold on a minute. You just use a 20-quid word for a square, then. Yeah. Yeah, quadrilateral, but, I like But that. they're not squares. They can be rectangles or squares. That's a long square. Oblong. Oh, don't use that word in front of an yeah. engineer. No, no. I'll skin your hide, young man. So it's kind of like a puzzle bubble setup. You've got a guy at the bottom shooting uh, up the screen to clear puzzles. Yes, you shoot the blocks into other blocks, don't you? Yeah, they can be T shapes, L shapes, like N shapes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, basic, just te- uh, Tetris style shapes. Yeah. Um, they drop quicker and quicker until a counter at the side of the screen reaches 10. Yeah, you start at zero and it goes up to 10. Yeah, then you've got a gold shape to shoot. Once you complete that shape, make it into a quadrilateral. The level ends. Um, You also, once a level, I thought once a level, I'll get onto that, uh, a silver shape appears. Yeah, that's like your power-up, isn't it? Yeah, you shoot that. Smart bomb shape. Yeah, you shoot that and it clears everything on the level, so that can get you out of some sticky situations. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can push the uh, joystick up to make the shape scroll down faster. I think you only ever need to do that on the very beginnings of yeah, the level. Yeah, I had a bit of a problem with that, because when I first started playing it, I sent you a message saying, oh, this game's so slow. Can't yeah. you pull the shapes down? And you said, yeah. I think you guys said, no, I've been pulling down, like Tetris. It doesn't work. And I realised, as soon as I sent a message, I said, oh, you push up, you idiot. So it's like <laughs> reverse. I just couldn't get in my tiny mind to push up rather than down. But the game is very, very slow-paced at the start. And I was like, oh, God, come on, just give me some blocks, man. Yeah, what you do, though, while it's that slow, you can build up huge blocks. Yes, to get your multipliers up. You get mul- When you get a, a, a shape bigger than a certain number of tiny blocks in it, you'll get a yeah. multiplier, and that's how you get your big scores, apparently. You can make, yeah, like three or more blocks, if you can make them into a square... Yeah, you can get big points. I've I worked out the scoring because there's so little documentation on this on the 
There is absolutely nothing on the internet about this game. On is there? Tinterwebs, there's on nothing. On Tinterwebs, there's flip all. So I've had to work it out myself, which I was not happy about. Oh, anyway. Making you work. Oh, goodness sake. So you get your multiplier. So yeah. say if you shoot, you create a block of three shapes, you make that into a square, mm-hmm. and the square consists of, say, 35 individual pieces. Once you clear a square, it breaks into pieces and disappears. So you get 30 times 35. 30 being the three three objects that you've made into a square, 35 being the number of blocks in the square. Yes. So if you made a, blo- uh, a square out of five pieces, you'd get 50 by however many blocks, say 50 ah, by 50. I see, yeah. So you can get some of them. You can almost get 2,000 points if you like make a massive block. Yeah. So that's what I was doing on the first level, trying to make these huge blocks for, for maximum points. Also, I would leave and create as many blocks on screen as possible before using the silver smart bomb shape. Yeah, I worked that one out. When, when your silver yeah. smart bomb shape comes up, what I do is almost complete it so it's about to disappear and leave one tiny block and then go and fill the screen with as many blocks as I possibly could. Yeah. And when you hit that last one, just before it goes, because when the blocks come down, if they hit the bottom of your screen, game over. You die yeah. like Tetris when you go to the top of the screen, just in reverse. And what I do is leave the one tiny block and just hit it at the last minute. And every single block on the screen, you get a point for. So if there's more blocks on the screen, you get a bigger point bonus. Yeah, which is quite an easy way of getting a big bonus for that. But if you mess it up and you miss it, you're lost. You're dead. Which I, I might have did a few times. Yeah, you can really mess it up and then just die. Yeah, yeah, I worked that one out. Like Tetris, though, once you get on Tetris, if you got a line, there was a very slight pause in the gameplay. Yes, and, and you need that when it got fast. And this is the same. If you get a square, there's a slight pause, and you can move and start shooting at the next square, while the previous square is disappearing into nothing. Yeah, you got to queue. You queue up your firing, don't you? Yeah. And the one th- good thing about this is, whenever you had a shape to get rid of, um, the shapes, of the levels I went to anyway, only needed a maximum of four blocks together in one hit. And if yeah. you hit the button loads of times, you'd only get four come out of your spaceship at one time on the screen until they landed then some more would come out so yeah. if you just hit the button loads of times quickly you'd only get four come out so you couldn't overcompensate but i still found when i was doing certain shapes i'd overcompensate and put an extra one on there which mm. then you need an extra one on each level to get rid of it yeah so you, you could mess yourself up quite easily and i was doing that a few times when i was going a bit too quick so you had to be a bit careful of how and where you shot the blocks you don't overrun yeah. yourself when you did it yeah, I found um, using the joystick, this XRK joystick I'm using, mm-hmm. it was very springy. So as you was getting more and more frantic as the level got faster, you're whacking it to the right and it spring back towards the left. Yes. So I ended up using keyboard and I got on a lot better using oh, you keyboard. Keyboard warrior, you. Yeah, it, it just oh, I got so uh, really good scores. I think. Anyway, mm. <laughs> so that. That is the basic game. Very simple. I enjoyed it, actually. I know you didn't think it was that great. Nah. Upside down Tetris. Um, there are many games it's similar to. Uh, and you said it's a Konami game. It does not look anything like Konami style, no. I think. It's got sort of these moons in the background. It's very, very slow paced. And it, to me, anyway, I'm sure it gets quicker later on in the other levels. But because it had the moons and the stars, it reminded me of a Neo Geo game called Joy Joy Kid or Puzzled, it's an alternative name, Puzzled, which I really, really enjoy. And yeah. that's got um, a horoscope theme. You do the different levels, you do the Taurus level and, you know, the Cancerian level and the Sagittarius and all that sort of stuff. And that's um, a Tetris-type game 
but you've got a little balloon, like a little zeppelin, trying to get away, and it's enclosed by bricks, and you've got to get the bricks out of the way line by line to let this thing free, and then you free it, and you go something else. And that's got similar graphics, but done slightly nicer. And these yeah. graphics are very... We can get onto the opinions of graphics and sound. The graphics are very flat-coloured, very earth tones, like loads of browns and oranges. Yeah, I and thought I didn't that. enjoy the graphics at all. I thought it was very dull and muted looking. A bit drab, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was. If they were a bit brighter, it might have added a bit more for me. i tell you what was good, though, is the attract screen. That was excellent the little film that played yeah. the spaceship yeah it was quite nice quite enjoyed yeah it. rocks fl- uh, going into space and the blocks screaming along but that would have made me even madder if i was a kid in the arcade and i saw all these sort of 3d movie type you know come into the screen in spaceships oh i'm gonna go at that oh it's flipping blocks yeah. <laughs> i would have been really miffed about that i think yeah i think it needs better colors uh, i like the music though i thought the Did music really? was good yeah the music sent me to sleep i thought it was really dull do you not like it when it's sped up? Well, I didn't think I got that far into the game where it went any quicker, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the music. Yeah. So there are differences. We said before, Quarth is the Japanese version. And there are yeah. some differences to the game, as well as just the attract screen, which I did notice on the Japanese version was quite a bit different. Yeah. Um, the, also, if you, yeah, you credit it up, and the block hole starts with a two-player. Even if you start one-player game, yeah. you, you get two displays. You get like a, like a Tetris two-player. You get a or left you play against and, each other. Yeah, you get a left and right view of the screen. So you're only playing on the left-hand side as a single player. Yeah. But Quarth, if you play one player, you start as a single player and the rest of the screen is blocked out in like a like their checkered wall pattern oh, so you I can see. only see one play area in Quarth okay. and when, when you credit Quarth up you're given the options it's in Japanese so I don't know there's three options one's one player one's two player the other might be two player versus or two player I think one of them is you play against the computer yeah it's like the oh, standard um, yeah. puzzle games like Puzzle Bobble or Tetris or whatever when you play two player when you're doing really well and you get a number of lines or a number of multiples, it sends random blocks to the side to mess the other player up. I yeah, think it does right. the same kind of thing with the two-player. Obviously, it didn't have anyone to play against. But yeah, I think it does that, which would be a bit of fun, I think. Was, the two-player games are always a lot of fun. Okay, yeah, I did uh, did quite like it, the music as well. I, th- I thought the graphics are more Sega. There's a Sega Tetris-type game that looks very similar to this. So I can't put my finger on the name of it at the moment that was very similar i thought and i actually thought it was that game at first but apparently ah. it's konami so what improvements do you think you could have for the game what would you improve it by definitely the colors and the backgrounds it could be more varied couldn't they you've got the suns and the moons yeah and the stars and i think that is it i don't think i saw anything else yeah they could put some more themes to it maybe yeah when in the background uh, effects and a bonus level after, because the levels are so long, I reckon after every level you could have a bonus level, and I've thought of a great one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you could have just one block coming down the screen at quite a speed. You have to complete that block. You have another block coming down at a slightly faster speed, and you have to complete that not block, sorry, shape. Yeah. And and you keep doing that until you die. And that oh. if you get five or six of them, you could build up bonus points. Yeah. Go mad on on your finger, you know, pressing the fire button. Yeah. You do a sort of speed level. Yeah, that'd work. I think. Yeah. For me, I think um, the pacing of the game, especially in the levels, is just far too slow, I think. I know. Well, it starts off slow. It gets very fast, though. Did you not? Yeah, I I think I was too bored of the game, mate, honestly. (laughs) I I just couldn't get into it, you know? I did try, but I just thought there were so many other games better than this, in a similar vein. 
And I'd probably prefer to play those. I'm always a big mm. fan of Tetris, but I mean, Puzzled on the Neo Geo is really, really good. And there's some later versions of Tetris, like Tetris the Grandmaster, one of the sort yeah. of more modern versions. And Puzzle, I'm a big Puzzle Bubble fan as well, that sort of thing. There's, there's loads of clones of this game, which are better, I think, in my opinion. Right, right. Um, cabinet art and, no. well, there isn't any. Just, no. There's I can't none. find anything. I looked for a flyer for the show notes, and there is not one on the Arcade Flyers archive, which we use regularly. Yeah. And that has got everything, as far as I know. I mean, any kind of game you think of, a redemption game, an EM game, a pinball game, a video game, you, you put a search on there and it'll find you the arcade flyer or a number of different arcade flyers, your official flyers for it. You put in block hole, nothing. I know. You put in quaff, you do get one. So we have got one for the show notes for quaff. Yeah. And also, when I was trying to research this on the internet, I'm sure you had exactly the same problem. You put in block hole and it keeps going, did you mean black hole? Because <laughs> there is an arcade game called Black Hole as well. I was like, yeah. no, Google, you idiot. Block Hole, nothing, nada, hardly anything about it at all. Yeah, if you look at the scoring on Twin Galaxies, it's only MAME that there's a high score. There isn't an arcade game high score at all. It could have been that popular, probably because there were so many games similar to it. Yeah. I think when the, the, la- the lads and lasses who played it in the arcade as wee kiddies, they saw these spaceships flying around on their crack screen. And when they would put their money in, they got some rubbish old blocks moving down at two miles an hour. <laughs> that'd, have been, that'd have been me anyway. I'm not playing this game. Mm. I do think I thought it was all right. Well, you, sir, can play it on your own. You, sir, are a buffoon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a bit here in the notes that says scoring. Shall we look at the scores? Okay, then, Sean, give us the bad news. I'm, you're going to beat me this time because I've hardly played it. Well, how much did you get? Did you get... So you didn't... I got to the fourth level of blocks. No chance. So it said... Th- the first level says zero. The counter goes at the side. The second one says one. So I got to the where the counter said three. The fourth level of blocks. Okay, no. Didn't. Right. The the world record, according to MAME, right, is 119,480. That's not that high, really, is it? No. And I got 107,310. <laughs> Which is third, which is third in the in the Twin Galaxies world, that. Well done, sir. You have earned the right to be alone. <laughs> 36,590. <sighs> right in the middle of your face. Yeah, sorry, go on. Don't care. Don't <laughs> give face. a poop. Right in your face. Right, yeah, go on. Yeah, thanks, Benson Rad, for thinking of us, but didn't do it for me, mate. Did not do it for me, this one. No, but good one. I liked it. Thanks, Benson Rad. There are so many better uh, puzzle games, I think. Right then, let's get on to the art of side art. And this week, it's one of mine. I picked this one. Yes. I've got a really cool book. Can't remember the name of it, and people will know of it if they're collectors and they've got this book straight away when I mention it. It's got a lot of pictures from the... like mid 70s up to sort of the mid 80s of arcade camps and it's supposed to be a collector's book and it gives really ridiculous american prices for these i think it's quite a few years old now this book and obviously when they did it you could get these cabs in america where they're abundant for quite cheap and it's got like you know hundred dollars for a cab i'm thinking no way that's a thousand pound cab that is and they've got a load of old games and i was looking for some with really nice artwork and it also uh, reminds me of when i went to martin's house and i saw his fire truck so this week it's Atari Firetruck, Stroke, Smokey Joe. 
which was the one-player version, I think, of Fire Truck, because Fire Truck is a two-player game. One person yes. stands um, at the back of the arcade cab with the steering wheel and, and gear levers and all this sort of stuff and pedals, and one person sits down in front of them. So you're like in a fire truck, and you drive the fire truck around putting out fires and stuff, and it's absolutely brilliant. But the artwork on that, you've got like a, a little cab with a sort of fire truck wheel on the side. And it looks like a fire truck, and you've got a little seat you sit into, and then obviously behind you've got the steering wheel for the other player. So it's like an old-fashioned fire truck when they used to sit, stand on the back on the on the sort of um, the little plate at the back of it. Yeah. But the one-player version, Smokey Joe, it must be as rare as rocking horse poop because <laughs> I've never seen one. And the actual cab looks like um, it almost looks it's quite sort of um, a sloped front to it, a sort of deep slope. Um, it reminds me of Asteroids Deluxe, which is a very mm. different cab to normal Asteroids. And it's got a single steering wheel. And the artwork on the side is all red and yellow and white. And it's beautiful. It's got Smokey Joe and it's sort of 70s, sort of smoky writing, if you can imagine what I'm on about. Um, and it's just a beautiful looking old cab. And it was a black and white game as well. But it's a big box of fiery sexiness. <laughs> yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I encourage everyone to look. And if I could find a Smokey Joe, if anyone's got one, they want to sell it to me. Please get in touch. Yeah. Um, because I couldn't fit a fire truck in because it's the size of two cabs. It's bigger than a pinball because you've got these two players. But Smokey Joe is absolutely beautiful. It's a lovely game. Really, really nice artwork on the side, all around the bezel. Got a really cool Atari style steering wheel. And it's got this sort of, Atari like to use sort of colored, multicolored lines around things like um, a spectrum type effect. A very, very late 70s, um, early 80s kind of thing. And that yeah. goes all around the side art of the cab with the picture in the middle of the, you know, this fire truck and stuff. Really, really nice cab. And there's um, notes in the show notes from the um, Arcade Museum, the Clough Arcade Museum. Yeah, the, the flyers. Yeah, the flyers are good. It, like you said, a lovely Atari um, writing, the, the Smoky Joe. I, I love their flyers as well as the artwork. I think they're just works of art. Atari-ness, I think we'll call yeah. it. Yeah. You've got yeah. one for us as well this time. Well, it's just a little mention to one that uh, came up on the forum, uh, an old thread that popped up again because someone the mentioned UK it. Forum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ken Phones, Puckman. Yeah. So apparently, uh, I was speaking to Tronads and he has this. He's still got this cab. Oh, he's got it now, has he? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. And it's just another version of the Pac Man artwork, but it's very good. So it's, it, I think it was an official license. Yes, I think it's a Korean license for Pac-Man, yeah. And the the side art was covered by a layer of, um, what do you call it? Is it acrylic that you can see through? Kind of perspex. Perspex, that's a yeah, word. Yeah. yeah, you see how much I know about side art, but um, restoring cabs and that, yeah. As long as you can play the games, lad. Yeah, so it's been protected, the artwork underneath, because it's got this perspex on. Yeah. They should have done that with all cabs, really. Yeah. You scratch a bit of perspex, and if it gets, we just put another bit on afterwards. And the interesting thing in this thread, as you go through it, is from 2013, is mm-hmm. how um, Muddy Music has restored the control panel. Yes. It, it's, it's done like a, a step-by-step, because I love my artwork, you know. Yeah. Um, as you can see from our latest um pod, <laughs> podcast graphic, which we, yes. we, we will get banned from somewhere for. Probably. Yeah, and it's it's very interesting how he's uh, res- yeah done it. I'm I'm not sure how he's done it. If he's found a font off the internet and then mm-hmm. copied it, or he's he's well, meticulously drawn over everything. I'm not sure. Ollie Muddy Music is actually a graphic designer. 
graphic artist for a living, so he's very good at art on computers anyway. And yeah. I know a lot about this cab because he sent me that artwork because I he had, it, he had it printed on Perspex. This was ages ago. Yeah. It printed on Perspex and it was quite expensive to be printed. And he had all the bezel done in a reverse printed on the Perspex. He did a really top-notch job of it. He made a really nice job of it. And he sent the Perspex to me because it had no holes in it for the, you know, for the joystick and, and the one-player and two-player start. But so I had to carefully machine out the holes for it. And I was really careful with it because it costs a lot of money to get this sorted out. And um, you asked in the notes here how he did it. Well, Ollie's got a robot eye. Has he? Yeah, rather like Terminator, but for, for good. And it's hooked directly to a, um, a MacBook Air. Right. So he does. He just looks at it, click. His little red eye goes click, and it goes on the computer. And he does his magic jiggery poker with it, sends it off to the printers. It comes back on a bit of Perspex. I draw some holes in it. Bosh. It's not scanned then? No, no, robot eye. Ah. Yeah. You can't buy them. Right. Oh, well, yeah, that's uh, that's me educated then. That's mm. done. Mm. That's that one laid to rest. Okay, um, and for some people who don't like this bit of the podcast, it's coming towards the end. Yeah. I think you should do your releases from this month in history in January. Yeah, I forgot the sound effect last time. You did. Everyone loves mm. those. Yeah. Go on. Maybe. Ready? I'm ready. I'm holding my hands up as well because you've got to do the well hand. We're going way back, way back, back, back. Way back, 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 back. Unbelievable. It's good though, isn't it? Yeah. You may have to edit that bit out. Sorry, Vic. I'm not. Go on. Oh, all right. Uh, right, yeah, we're going back to this month in history, which apparently is January because it says on the calendar. It does. Very useful. We're going th- uh, 15 years ago, January 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, Dimahu, which oh, is also yeah. called, called Great Mahu Daisakuzen in Japan. It's a game from eating and rising. It's a bullet hell. It's a third in a series of, of uh, bullet hells. Oh, okay. Uh, I've played it um, just a couple of days ago. Very unusual graphics. It's got kind of a magic theme, and you're shooting spell books and a weird wizardy stuff. Um, so that was 15 years ago. I wouldn't, would you say that was the height of the bullet hell thing, 50, 2000s? Yeah, I think it was. And obviously that company, I think some of the guys and girls from that company turned into Cave. Am I right in thinking that? I think Toa Plan, when and it those finished. those guys as well, I yeah, think. They split up into like Eighting, Rising, Cave. Uh, I think Gazelle was another one maybe. Okay. Takumi, maybe. I may be wrong. I've not done my research on this yet, but I will do. It's your kind of era, that, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right, though. That that sort of early 2000s, yeah, they sort of got as far as they went. And obviously, Cave have gone further and improved it as well. Yeah, right. Now we're going 25 years ago, January 1990, Badlands. Ah. This title screen does say 1989, apparently, but it was January 90. Yeah. Um, it's the last one in the Sprint series, Sprint, Super Sprint, Championship Sprint, mm-hmm. Sprint. They had loads, didn't they? It's starting from the black and white jobs. Yes. There's two two or three players sometimes steering wheel games. Yeah, this is one I quite enjoyed, actually. I played it quite a bit. Yeah, I'm sure I played this on the Amiga years ago in Friends Amiga. Mm. It's, yeah, a really nice little sort of quick single-screen racing game, isn't it? Top-down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. Oh, go on. Tell me about 1980. January 1980, 35 years ago. A little game. You might be familiar with it. It might be behind you, actually. Cosmic Alien. Yes. Amazing game. Universal game. Brilliant. Game. Mm. Uh, yeah, there's, there's quite a few in the same series. Tell me the other ones. Yeah, right. So, yeah, Cosmic Series. There was eight games, apparently. Wow. Cosmic Monsters 1 and 2 were Space Invaders clones. I think we talked about them in the Space Invaders one, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Yep. 
Cosmic Gorilla from seven, 79. That's where you've got to defend the middle of the screen. Yes. Because uh, your ships are in the middle and the aliens come from the left and right side into the middle of the screen. Yeah. If you play this on a proper game, a proper machine, it's got really deep uh, TTL sounds, my favourites. And the, the aliens come from the side and go and grab the middle ones, or from the middle outwards, and they make this sort of noise as they grab, and it's a really bassy noise. It's very, very loud. And I think when you get an extra life, it does this really, really high-pitched squeak. And everyone yeah. in the arcade knows you've got an extra life when you hear that. It's really loud. <laughs> and then you've got your Cosmic Alan. Good old Cosmic Alan. We like Alan. No, Cosmic Alien. Yes. That was 1980. And then after that, Devil Zone, which is kind of looks like a radar scope kind of thing. Yes. That was part of the Cosmic series. Apparently, even though it didn't have Cosmic in the title. Okay. And the one after it was called Zero Hour. Yeah. Which is like a multi-stage uh, vertical shooter thing. Oh, I have played that one, yeah. And number seven, which is, I think, is the first platform game ever, Space Panic. Getting on to me, I think must be. Mm, yeah, nineteen. Like, I had this on the eight-bit computer. I think it was called Apple Panic or Panic yeah. with a K, and it's where you 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 run around the, the levels on on the, the the ladders and the levels, and you dig a little hole. And when the monsters fall down the hole, you smash them on the head. You cave their heads in with the shovel. Mm. Um, but if they get out, they chase you, and you can drop them down more than one level. It's a great yeah. little game. Really like it. Mm. And. The last one in the series, they return to the cosmic name, Cosmic Avenger, which is like a kind of like a scramble, actually. Yeah, not as good as scramble, but it is. No, I've actually got that on my Coleco Flashback. It's one of the licensed games they're allowed to put on there. And that is that concludes the releases from this month in history. Thank you. Goodbye. Blah, 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 blah. What? What? We need to do next show's game before we say goodbye. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't want to do this, do you? I know you've been on about it for months, and I keep distracting you. This is my pick. This is one I've been wanting to do since the very start of doing the podcast. And I've got to get in quick before no quarter pinch it, obviously. And it's one of my favourite games. Dig Dug. So I'm not that good at it. You're going to thrash me, aren't you? I'm going abs- to bury you at this game, old son. So what is a res- what would you say for a newcomer like me? I was trying it last night, actually trying to play it. Yep. Is a respectable score? 80 to 100k would be good. Right. Because the one at the cab I was playing last night, and I think you put the high score on it, yes. says 331k. Yeah, that's not my highest score either. Right. But that's, that is that's a particularly good score. Because I was there when you were playing it, I remember it. Yeah, I don't... I'm. We shouldn't really do this one as a competitive one, really, because I've been playing it for years, and it's a bit unfair. Yeah. But there is a lot to this game. There's a lot mm. to it, and I think you'll enjoy it. I hope you will anyway, because I really love it. And I need to get my cab sorted. I'm going to get onto the guy tomorrow and see if I can get this monitor for it, because I need a monitor for it. And I'll also put out a bold claim, just before we say goodbye. I will take on anyone at this game in the UK. Anyone. In your face, UK. <laughs> Come on. You notice I don't say Europe, because there's a guy in Germany who's really good at this, called Kig666, <laughs> and he can get, like, five million on it. Oh, but yeah, God. anyone in the UK, if you fancy taking me on, come on, let's have it. <laughs> and on that note, I'll say goodbye before I get off on one. <laughs> Thanks for listening and goodbye. Thanks for listening. Goodbye, everybody. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 pence arcade and you can tweet sean at sean holly we'd love to hear from you 
For game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 